We're here hanging out with some of our rowdy friends to stimulate your brain with all the exciting topics floating around the pop culture zeitgeist. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shane Montgomery. And with me, as always, on the boards is my brother and life partner, Brian Montgomery. And joining us tonight on Raw Rant is a man who certainly needs no introduction, a ginger who will steal your soul, or at the <laughs> very least, your heart with his awesome YouTube reviews, the Dave Cullen. And they say I'm cringe. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys sorry i couldn't make it last time uh, it, was, it was very late <laughs> this is much better that's okay we wanted to roll it up a little for you also joining us is a lady whose nerd culture opinions rally us to war and her cosplay is almost as hot as her takes anna that star wars girl hello thanks for having me hello glad you're here and last but not least, if your diet is low in sodium and you're looking for someone to conquer Las Vegas with, Alex from the Salty Nerd Podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for having me today. Appreciate it. <laughs> Good. Hopefully everyone had a great start to your week. Dave, I know it's uh, already late where you are. How are things on your side of the pond? Um, good, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I haven't followed anything like politically, which is another element of my work, I suppose. Uh, I've just been so buried in, in this season. I mean, it's just been great to finally have something positive to talk about as a Trek fan. I'm actually, just before we started, I was working on laying down the audio track for the third episode for my review. So hmm. um, it's it's kind of weird to actually be doing, making the review before the episode airs. So right, nice. yeah. yeah. And, and also reviewing something you're actually enjoying, right? Oh, for change, yeah. That's not woke. Because some people have thought, I've seen these comments, as I'm sure you guys have as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who are still very skeptical of everything we've said. And like, oh, yeah, two episodes in, but it's going to get woke any day now, you know. But no, 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 it, it stays consistently non-woke for the entire 10 episodes. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, first couple episodes of last season was good, too. It's going to get woke any minute now. And you're like, no, it's not. It's good. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about Picard Season 3 since we're here. This week, uh, Episode 3 does drop. And while ourselves and Dave Cullen have been blessed to see the whole season, Anna, Anna and Alex are watching for the first time each week. So mm -hmm. we're excited to have a couple different perspectives on the show today. I know Dave has a lot to say about the season, but I wanted to first ask Anna, uh, what are your thoughts on the show so far, and have you been surprised in the first couple episodes? Yeah, I was completely surprised. I was kind of getting annoyed because everyone was spamming saying that, you know, people liked it. And I'm like, mofos, people like everything nowadays. Like, and then they're like, oh, no, Gary liked it. I was like, really? Gary liked it? And I was just kind of getting annoyed at how many people told me to watch it. So I was like, fine, mofos, I will watch it. And I watched it on my phone in bed because I was being lazy, which I'm really glad I did because everyone complains about the brightness, but it was fine on my phone. And I was sitting there in bed. I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. Okay, when's it going to get woke? What? What's going on? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ah, awesome. And then at the end of the first episode, I actually, when I heard the Next Generation music, I was like, oh, my God. It's like I was holding my breath and I could finally breathe. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I wasn't expecting this. So I got kind of emotional because I'm, even though I'm that Star Wars girl, I'm such a huge Star Trek fan. So I liked it. And then this episode started off a little slow for me. And, uh, but it, the ending, man, that was great. Ending. Oh, yeah, the looks, be the looks, right? They didn't need to say a word, right? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That was Yeah, fantastic. for me, for me is when the Titans awesome. came in and blocked the tractor brain. That I, I lost that my mind. Cool yeah. Yeah. That was, that was cool. pretty fun. I actually uh, liked it. 
Dave, if people are still on the fence about Picard season three, which episode do you think closes the deal for them? And tell us what you can. Well, you know, I, I only watched it the one time. So I like you guys watched the first block of six and then through other means that I can't say, I saw the next four, uh, the last four. And I, when I watched it the first time through, I thought, Oh, well, definitely by episode four or five. Definitely because five is like, you know, five is particularly special. And then six is like lots of stuff happens in six. It's very good. But I've just rewatched three again. And I thought, no, nah, no, nah, it's this one. Like, this is the one where people are going to like lose their shit. There's so, and, and there's a couple of times where Shaw just has even even better juicier lines that he did the first time now because I, I i I told you what i thought of shaw the first time and now i'm like he he has a kind of a gregory houseian quality about him you know that yes. i really like and and i'm really glad to see that so many people are warming to him now like he's especially that moment that 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 anna was describing there um that that moment when picard and and beverly have that no no uh speech required and mm-hmm. uh, that knowing look and how he springs into action and he just reluctantly does the right thing i people like, i think oh, people God really damn it. appreciate a, like, a reluctant hard ass who finally go oh, okay whatever right all <laughs> right he just he just tells people like like this is what we're going to do the forge stand by and and i just love that that he finally comes around and he actually has a heart you know so mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment with Picard when he actually becomes Picard again, you know, Admiral's orders, do this. And everybody's like, oh, shit, the Admiral just spoke. Like, we're going to do what he tells us to do. That was a great moment. I had a, I just got done watching it a few minutes before we went live, and I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, this is freaking, this feels like Star Trek. There are a couple of things that I'm, I, I don't want to be a downer, but there's there's things about this show that still feel new Trek to me. And one of them is the swearing and some of the rated R aspects to me, like Star Trek to me has always been growing up watching next generation and stuff like that was always like, Oh, um, it's family friendly. I can watch it with the kids. I can watch it with my, with anybody, even the movies for the most part that too. But this is, this is a hardcore, it's got an edge to it. And, uh, it's not something I can sit down with the eight year old and watch, you know, that's, I, that's I was an eight year old watch it, but when did they curse in this show? Well, well, there's, there's a few, there's a few, yeah, there's the usual stuff like bastard or shit or said something like that, but there's two F bombs uh, to come in Did episode four and eight, which is sort of unfortunate. I, I, I would love if they'd done a cut that was, that was family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I can right. sort of get around it. I don't like it either. Um, my biggest complaints really are, yeah, there was the, the beheading was unnecessary. It was a little yeah. bit over the top. And I call that out in season one when, Mm-hmm. When Elnor, <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> character was about, when he beheaded the Romulan. Uh, so you, you have to be consistent. And then the, the dark lighting. I, I This is the thing I have to ask you guys. Did Paramount try and fix that temporarily and then they backed off? Because that's the impression I got, right? Because they upped the mm-hmm. saturation levels for Paramount+. Plus. And I was wondering, was that a mistake or were they, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they, no, they, upped, they, was... they upped the saturation and the contrast. Yeah, the, the, I think the re- the reason is is they started to get a lot of feedback on the darkness, and they thought, well, maybe they can they can address it themselves. They finally, it took them a long time. As Dave, we were going back and forth talking about. Um, yeah, I think that is something they they were actually trying to do, but uh, I think they just went back and and kind of reset everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did it the wrong way. It's it, yeah, there's exactly. there's probably three or there's three or four locations in the in this series that are especially dark. 
uh, that need to be corrected. You can't just do the, you know, the laziest thing you can do is just up the saturation across the board for an entire episode because there's part there's parts of it that don't need that. And it was especially noticeable um, in the, in the end credits, which yeah, was it was yeah. terrible disaster. Something I think we can any shot of the nebula was like super contrasty. Something I think we can share is that uh, they did initially try to light the set, like substantially light the set. But there was a feeling that there was uh, that it was maybe a little not fake, but just a little cheesy. Um, so I think they went for the more cinematic look. Um, Got to remember that that the Picard season three is really on a low budget. Um, despite that. And so I don't think they were necessarily trying to shoot to hide things, but you can definitely get away with more, I think, with the more uh, cinematic appeal. What parts of the show do you think are too dark, Dave? Well, obviously the bridge, which is the important one, because the funny thing is the brig is well lit. The corridors mm -hmm. are well lit. Sick Bay is well lit. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's the it's the bridge, that one scene, at the dinner scene, of course, mm -hmm. and the conference room are the three areas but the thing is that I have to sort of respectfully disagree here. I, I think there may be a DP change. I'm not sure for season three, because if you actually go back to the first time that we see this set, it's first introduced for the Stargazer, because obviously it was redressed right. uh, in the first episode of season two. And if you go back to, you know, before it's at red alert status, it's actually lit, it's lit really well. It's it's strange. I, I would advise you don't have to go back and watch that episode. The, the clips are available on YouTube when the Stargazers first introduced and Girardi comes on the bridge and Rios is in command. And it's like, this is perfect. Why didn't they just keep this lighting? So and it looks fine. So I don't know why the, the decision was made to darken it down. Well, I think it might, it might be the, the, the tone and the theme of this season is different than last season, too. Like, it's very much hunt for October, right? They've said that multiple times. Like, you know, I could see the bridge being a little darker. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're definitely, and especially coming up when you mentioned the hunt for Red October, I think the next, the next episode, you're going to, you guys are going to get that feel a lot going forward. Um, Anna, let me ask you. So um, I know that you're the Star Wars girl, but you're also the Star Trek girl too. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between season two and, and season three so far? What is the feel I you get? I have watched that shit. <laughs> No, I watched season one and I wanted to blow my freaking brains out. Hell no. I think I might have gotten like to where they went to Guinan's bar and I just turned it off. I'm like, I need to retain some sanity. Mm. But uh, You mean yeah, 10 and Forward Street? What was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. That was so stupid. <laughs> well, it's light years better than season one. Like this felt just episode three, season one. It felt like the beginning of a series, not the first season of a third season show excellent alex what are your thoughts let's tell us what you think about the show so far um i'm thoroughly enjoying it so i didn't watch season one or two um i, I watched oh, part of i think i watched part of season one and then what, there was like space flowers i think i saw at one point i'm like i'm, I'm good lucky um, you. and i didn't i didn't feel like picard was the picard that i grew up with so i just was like this isn't for me obviously the trajectory that the sh the whole franchise was in at that time with discovery and stuff like that i'm like this is i'm not i'm just gonna skip um and then i heard word from you guys and from gary and everybody else that season three just like feels like a brand new show and it really does even from the opening credits my wife and i were just talking about this like she watched season uh, one and two and she's like they there's a marked difference with just the first opening sequence with the music and the style of the credits and the, everything like that she's like they're really trying to reel in 
the next generation fans back to the franchise because obviously they weren't digging one and two. Uh, and then I feel like the characters are more like themselves. Riker is Riker finally. You know, he's the go-getter. He's the the swashbuckler, you know, the Kirk-style captain guy. And um, Picard, it feels more like Picard now. He's less, you know, wishy-washy, kind of like, oh, I'm in touch with my feelings. He's Picard. He's stern. He's logical. He understands situations and he goes and he does what's right no matter what. And I'm like, this feels real to me. This feels like I'm back in the next generation era. I love it. Awesome. Uh, real yeah, quick, some super chats. Go ahead. I almost forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, CJ O'Neill for $20. He just says, Dave. <laughs> Someone you know, Dave. <laughs> and uh, Mexican Iron Man. Uh, our brother from another mother. Shout out to brothers Brian and Shane in this great panel. Thank you, oh, Mike. And uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie from Outer Space. Haven't watched Kurtzman since Kurtzman Trek since SCD season one started with Picard season three. I'm hooked. Greetings from <clears throat> Germany. I mean Outer Space. There was a couple that from the very beginning. Thank you so much for that, Eddie. There was a couple before we actually started super chats that came in. Did you see those? Because one specifically talked about the beheading. I'll grab it at the top. What, Super Chats? Yeah, there was a couple of Super Chats that came in before we went live. Anyways, one of them, and we'll have to go back and find it, but one of them actually addressed the beheadings. And I know that is something that... So, Dave, let me ask you, do you think it's... I mean, did it really bother you that much? There was no blood or anything? Um, I mean, we got a pretty clean cut. Do you think it's just a too little over the top? or? or I, I, I don't know who it was. Was it... Major Grin or someone else, you know, they do the clips and they compare, you know, Star Trek from, yeah, from book four and saying, I don't think they would do this and Worf wouldn't wouldn't do that sort of thing because he yeah he has spared people's lives in the past on on Next Generation of course, um, but this, okay, so would he actually behead someone? Would would Worf do that? Yes, I think he would do given the context. So people were saying that this particular Ferengi Sneed was unarmed. Uh, he wasn't really. He had the mm. knife there. But even if he wasn't, that's sort of irrelevant. He had just ordered his hitmen, his henchmen, to kill Rafi. And yes, that's right. it. That's all the justification you need. So so I don't care that he killed him. And it doesn't really matter how he did it, whether he you know, threw a sword right through his chest or whether he cut his head off. The, the point that I, I think that Salty was saying there is the important point is that it shouldn't be on the show because it's not family friendly and it's not Star Trek, just like the swearing. It's unnecessary. You know, there's lots of ways that a character could just be killed, you know, in a in a in a fairly standard action. So the way the way they did fight scenes on the next generation, they didn't need to do all of that. Yeah. So you know, speaking of kind of this being a little bit not as family friendly, you know, comparing him to the movies, let's say, because we have to agree that Picard season three is really more of a take on on the TOS movies, I think it's kind of locked into that flavor along with, along with uh, the next generation. It's not really like a TV show as much as it's like a movie. So do we give it a little more leniency because it is more like a movie and we're seeing it on streaming as opposed to uh, regular television? Well, that would explain some of the swearing, maybe not the F-bombs because there'd been swearing in the movies and that, and they yeah. were a little bit more adult, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the movies, the movies have always leaned more towards like the action side of things because they are they're trying to reach a broader audience than just the sit in your your house in the evening and watch an episode people like the hardcore fans like us who are going to watch it week to week. They're trying to reach they're trying to make the money. They're trying to make a bigger reach. So they have to make something a little bit more 
uh, meatier and a little bit more adult uh, for the general audience. But there is, I, I do believe that there is a line with that. Like, obviously, there's um, the famous, uh, like, hilarious bit in uh, one of the original Star Trek movies with with uh, Spock swearing. And he doesn't know what the words mean or stuff like that. And he's learning how to use them, which is hilarious and funny. But they they kind of, they stay on the PG side. And that's where I've always seen uh, even the Star Trek movies, even ones the more that are way more action oriented. Like they always kind of lean more towards the PG side of things. And it's okay to kind of, you know, get a little bit more heavy uh, these days. I can understand that. Times have changed a little bit. But the the thing that I've always loved about Trek was that it had that aspect to it where you could sit down with the whole family and watch it. And I feel like they're losing that. I don't know if it's because they think Trek isn't cool enough, so they have to make it cooler. I don't feel that way. I think Trek the way it used to be was just as cool as it is today. And I, I, I think they're trying to edge it up a little bit too much. What do you think, Anna? I just got back, so I feel bad. I completely missed the question. <laughs> how do you feel about cussing in Star Trek? And how do you feel about right now, so the family side? Sorry. What was that? How do you feel about the cussing in it and uh, the family oriented? I notice it. I feel like I have to go back and find it. I noticed it in the first season with that one chick that was cursing at Picard. That was uncalled for. Yeah. Raffi is the one with the dirty mouth. So that, that, well, that's she's a drug addict that or a recovering drug addict that's working undercover. That doesn't really seem out of place to me. If it was Picard dropping an F bomb, it would be weird. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, hold on to your seat because that's probably what you're going to be getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but let me tell you though, that was something. Guys, so I, I didn't watch the show. Oh, dang it! My camera's not working. There you go. I fixed it. I fixed it. Oh, there you go. I didn't get special privileges, but I didn't get to watch it like you guys. So I have to wait. But oh. we'll see. If we knew you well, wanted it, we would have lobbied on your behalf. Well, yeah. So here's the thing: is good. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just spoil the last episode for you. The last line is "Make it fucking show." (laughs) (laughs) That is not the way it's used, Dave. Fucking engage. Uh, I will tell you guys that it is an ad lib, so it was not something that was planned. It's something that came from natural. Then did it feel natural if it's ad libbed? It does it? It's hard because I agree with what everybody's saying. Hearing that word come out of his mouth as as Admiral Picard is tough. It's different. You don't show. see. Is that what happens? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but there is a moment where that happens. But that did come from from Patrick Stewart himself. So can I just say I think one of the weirdest things about this show is the fact that Picard's son is named after his ex best friend, <laughs> and she named. Him- his kid after her first husband what the heck i'd be pissed if that was my kid like really you named it after your ex yeah you are going to learn this next episode why that is so okay okay there's a reason behind it yeah i didn't know what did you say dave sorry yeah i was just going to say this i was just thinking there the second f-bomb is actually pretty hilarious (laughs) really yeah i mean it's not that bad the poorest problem is is See, my kids don't like Star Trek, so I didn't. It doesn't really bother me that much. They don't want to watch it, but uh, I, I I see what Alex is saying because it is kind of tough. And I did say when when we originally watched all ten episodes, the one feedback I came back with was some people are not going to like that. So um, you yeah. know, I think they just kind of said, "Well, the times have changed. It's movie oriented." Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you are going to lose some families for that. I don't have a problem with it because I can never get my kids to watch it anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean, kids don't pick up on it, really, if you don't 
like pointed out to them. Like there was so many movies that I watched when I was a kid that watching now, I'm like, oh, oh my God, like ants. Have you guys ever oh, seen ants? When he gets the princess out of the ant hole, he she's like throwing a tantrum to go back. And he's like, fine, I was going to include you in all my erotic fantasies, but never mind. But I'll, <laughs> I was like, what on earth? Yeah. I yeah. didn't notice that. Also, a- Shrek has so much adult humor. Shrek is it good. is yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah I, well, my, I let my my son um, watch uh, Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future. I never even considered it to be inappropriate in any way. And he's like right. young, six, seven years old. And I, I forgot how many times Marty McFly like drops like, oh, son of a bitch and this and that. And, I'm like, and then my kids started saying that stuff. And he's like, well, Marty McFly said it. And I was like, oh, Alex, no. Alex, <laughs> what, what about the super uncomfortable incest scenes? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah, there's oh that God. too. <laughs> I'm like this. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this part. Shit. Well, yeah. that's the point is it's supposed to be uncomfortable because it's his mom hitting on him. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh. It's like, what a nightmare. Oh, oh, Marty. And you're like, oh, my God, my kids are here. <laughs> Relax. So we got a super chat here from Judicon that I think is good. Hail Popcast, $10. Thank you, Judah. Season three is much better than expected. Two questions. How was retired Admiral Picard able to take command without uh, citing a regulation? And why is Section 31 still a household name? Dave, do you want to tackle one of those? Well, the Section 31 thing, um, it was it was disastrous when they were mentioning it on Discovery, for example, because it wasn't something that was supposed to be uh, really discussed again until, I mean, we, we, it wasn't even fully named in Enterprise, right? Right. Uh, so they kept it relatively low-key, but it wasn't something that, that we discovered first until Deep Space Nine, so that's the 24th century uh, with Bashir. But after that point, and especially with the ending of the Dominion War and the role that Section 31 played, I could easily see uh, that it could be justified that Section 31 become declassified. And and so I, I don't have an issue with them being named on Picard in now in the 25th century. Like we could assume that maybe they're still there. Uh, maybe they're like, you know, uh, uh, imagine the NSA had been secret first and then had been declassified like it is now. Something like that, right? Yeah, I would you're right. It was though, right? Yeah. The NSA was it was just exact. That was a perfect analogy because the NSA at one point was private. No one yeah. knew who they were. Now, now they're common knowledge. So, what about the what the first part of that was the Picard thing? Was it? Yeah. So he wants to know uh, how come Picard was able to take command without citing a regulation. Yeah, because initially when they came on board, he couldn't just take command of the ship, right? Right. And some people have brought this up. I, I think I, it didn't bother me when I first watched it, and even the second time I watched it, because I, because of the emotion behind it, you just you do get swept up in it. I, I took the assumption that it was a special circumstance, and that they were also they weren't in they're not in Federation space, right? And right, uh, I, I took the impression that the rest of the crew, all of the young, the, the junior officers, were probably gonna go look. You know, maybe we should listen to the admiral here, kind of thing. Um, yeah, maybe there could have been a line in there about some sort of regulation or special circumstance. I don't know, but it works. And I guess, you know, he wasn't going to fight him too much on this. Well, also Shaw bought off on it too. Like the second he took command, he's like, what are you doing? And then when he's, when he, when he said, that's my son, he goes, God damn it. All right, turn it around. He, he bought off on it. It's not like he fought the, him taking, taking over when he did. Yeah. yeah I think that's the context of it, right. That matters. If, yeah, he had, yeah. I think if Shaw had fought it, then it would have been a different situation. Go ahead, Alex. I think Seven 
uh, Seven of Nine made a point to Shaw that he's like, you can go down as the captain who is the coward who ran away and let the two legends die, or you can be the captain that helps them out. And I think he was he was on that train of thought of helping them out, and like he loosened up a little bit. Like it does, he's retired, yes, but he's still Admiral Picard. I'm still going to do what he says because he's in line with that. Okay, I'm going to be the guy who rescues these people. Yeah, yeah, that's and a I, better explanation, actually. Yeah, I like that. And you got to also understand that there's there's an element of drama here with 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 Star Trek. And I listen, we all love the techno babble. We all love you know the details and and some of the military aspect. One of the big ones was that uh, was brought up actually by one of your guys, Alex, uh, by Matt, was that the uh, the transport inhibitors just kind of showed up. And they didn't like go through a process with which they showed where they were located on the ship and how he found them. And it's I think at some point we have to just decide that, you know, the story and the drama and there are some things that we can take into consideration. And I'll be honest with you, you know, the more you're enjoying a show, the less you focus on these details that may or may not be super important. And the more you're just like into it and it's good. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I think it's forgivable. You can say, I mean, you can headcanon something and say, well, Crusher's ship is made for smuggling and she's been involved in all these types of like nefarious activity. So maybe having those inhibitors there would be useful in another situation where she's trying not to be taken off of her ship. So, oh, he just stumbled upon him. You could say that. It's a little thin, I'll admit. It's a little thin, but you could headcanon something like that. Yeah, headcanon is really helpful when you're enjoying something. What do you That's think I found? Well, you know, nitpicking and this sort of stuff, this is what I actually enjoy about being a Star Trek fan, right? It's all the ways you're kind of making up for exactly what Salty described there, which is the headcanon stuff, which I like that term, right? Where you're trying to make reconcile things. Uh, it would be far worse if we were complaining about the show's woke, the characters are unlikable, mm -hmm. nothing about the plot makes sense, it's not enjoyable. Like, all, as long as these episodes are enjoyable, you know, and it and it's this, my uncle always is a big Trek fan as well, as long as a TV show or a movie holds you for its duration, it's done its job. And it's done that. And then we can get into all of the little <laughs> inconsistencies and little gaffes here and there. Uh, but I don't think it detracts from, you know, the overall week-to-week -week plot, so... What do you think of people who are using these little these little idiosyncrasies to say that the show isn't good? You know, there's a whole group of people out there. Uh, we won't specifically name them, but a cult of sorts who's kind of using these little tiny things to to say that the show isn't good. What do you think? What would you say to those people? Who are you asking? Dave. <laughs> oh, Dave oh, okay. Yeah, well, they're definitely grasping at straws. I mean, look, I, I'll be honest, uh, when I first saw the trailer, I mean, you know, the trailer for season three was launched while season two was still airing, which was sort of strange. And now I think I know why, which is that they were like, okay, we know season two is not great, but the next one's going to be even better, right? Mm. But uh, I think that I was on that train a little bit thinking this is going to be terrible. You know, there'll be some mileage and just mocking how woke and, and awful the show is going to be. And I was pleasantly surprised then of the confidence of people like Robert Meyer Burnett to say that this was going to be really good. And for Paramount and Terry Metalis to approach people and offer them the screeners. So that meant that they knew they had something good. And so, you know, they, the, the reality is I, I don't I don't think we should focus too much on any of that, Shane, because. I've said to people before, you don't have to take it from me. You can take it from all the people around you in your life and online that you're going to hear from and in comment sections who are going to talk about how good the show is. And the barometer is going to be 
the, the audience reaction. So we're talking IMDb, Metacritic, and Rotten Tomatoes. And you look at the disparity in the audience, audience ratings on those uh, review aggregator websites, and you can see that there's a dramatic increase uh, in the ratings after just a few episodes uh, among the fans. And that's going to be what I will... I will say is, look, this is vindication, you know? And so we'll come back in seven weeks' time. It'll it'll all be over. And, you know, we know, you guys know, this show absolutely, this season sticks the landing without any doubt about it. Like, it really does. And uh, so I'm not worried about all those things. People, they, they have nothing else to complain about. So they, they have to focus on things that have always been issues with Star Trek, right? Every right. season, every movie has these little things. So it's it's nonsense. And we got right, a, a super right. chat real quick from son of John. Did you know that, um, did you know Klingon belief holds that an individual should show his face to an enemy when he or she kills them? This also applies to Klingon assassins. I did not know that. I mean, makes sense. I mean, ideally that'd be great, but when you're fighting four guys, I don't know. What do you think, Anna? Worf. It's the honorable thing, but Worf is an assassin and he wasn't covering his face. So he didn't, I didn't, yeah. Really I don't really see how that has anything to do with this. Maybe they're, I don't know the, I don't know the actress's name, but the chick from uh, Pulp Fiction, did, are those the mask guys? Are they implying that they're Klingons? No. Oh, I think he's talking about, yeah, because. What are you talking about? He's talking about when, when Worf killed everyone, but yeah, he wasn't wearing a mask. He was wearing a mask and he wasn't yeah. hiding who he He did was. kill the guy from behind though, so technically he wasn't facing him. Yeah, well, you know what? Worf grew up with humans, so there's none of those rules apply anymore because he's a pacifist, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. So the complaint was, oh, uh, is Worf a pacifist? And now the complaint is, why is he so, too so violent? I don't know, Worf was always pretty violent. Yeah. yeah, that's been the complaint, though. Is, and this, I'm glad you brought that up because the people were saying, oh, he's a pacifist, great. And now they're saying he's too violent. So mm -hmm. the question is, is what's... Is Who it, are these we people can't make anybody happy or what's the story here? Well, they're nerds. They're, they're like, they're well, like I us. I know that, but I mean, I, I feel like maybe I'm out of the loop on this one. I don't know who these people are. I kind of ignore everyone until they come onto my timeline. Then I have to deal with them. But as <laughs> And far is the main character of her story, okay? You have to be in her orbit to, for her. Well, no, it's like if it, well, when, especially when it's people complaining, because I have my own complaints. I don't have time to listen to other people's complaints that That's aren't children, you know? Yeah. So, or, you know, my friends that I'm talking to. So I don't really, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of this loop, whatever you guys are talking about. But with the, the wharf thing, like, was he in season two? Because I haven't watched it. So, no, no he, he wasn't. Was no. So why, where is everyone getting this idea that he's a pacifist? Oh, when the trailer first came out, there's this like throwaway line um, that was You'll played for yeah. jokes where uh, Riker and him are going somewhere in the transporter and Worf says, um, uh, I'll have you know, I am now, I now consider myself a pacifist. And Riker says, we're all going to die. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> a joke though? Like that seems to me clearly a joke. It's clear. It's clearly a joke. Yeah, people didn't well, take it that way, though. Well, it was kind of a joke, but it's also this. Worf is evolved. Like his character has changed after all these years, and we're going to learn as episodes come up and how that is. But he's more of a, I would say, less of a pacifist and more of like a a monk warrior 
almost. Yeah, he he meditates after he after he beheads people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a super chat from Sup A one AJ one M. I just find it so amusing that Wesley has been completely replaced by a new son. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> that is pretty funny. But Worf, Worf did meditate in the next generation and in Deep Space Nine. So why is that a new thing? That's true. I think he's just a, he's just a, uh, evolving the character, and we've seen that whole series. So we're, I guess it's not fair to us to come uh, to judge this. But he he is a he is this is the best version of Worf, and he has matured a lot. He's a, he's a slightly this is the different best person. version of Worf, really. Oh, you're yeah. gonna see. Yeah, that's a I strong see. stance to take. <laughs> well, it's I. I I would say that, Dave. Would you say this is the best version of Worf going forward? Best version of all of the characters, actually. Really, 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 all all of them. Um, And Mm -hmm. you know, you're already seeing more. Oh, geez, sorry, you haven't seen three. I just watched three, so I keep thinking you've seen it. Not, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just saying. um, (laughs) But like the Riker stuff, like Riker's that is especially these next two episodes. uh, Like Jonathan Frakes is. has enormous gravitas this season. He's great. Um, and he's, he's spectacular. You know, he's given the best stuff and he's done the best acting he's ever done of his career. I agree. Alex and Anna, you guys have seen two episodes, episode three coming up. So do you have, I mean, I, you're, I know you're hearing this great stuff from us and Dave and from Gary at Nerd Roddick and a lot of people, but uh, do you guys still have like a little bit of hesitation as, as far as going forward? Uh, since Picard seasons one and two actually didn't start out so bad. The first couple episodes. What do you guys think? Every time I see Raffi on screen, I cringe a little bit because it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. bad memories. Um, and I, I'm sure her storyline comes in in and it, it feeds into the main plot. Um, I, I trust that you guys know what you're talking about when it comes to the writing and stuff like that. So I'm I'm just kind of waiting for it to come together. Um, yeah. But Raffi's Raffi's really the only thing I have any kind of issue with, and I don't know if it's because I just don't like her character from the past two seasons, or if mm-hmm. it's because I feel like her storyline of like the drug addict just seems really strange to me in the con in the starfleet kind of world that she exists in but um she's really the only thing that i i don't care for but i feel like that might change further into the story that we get yeah i felt the same way they actively correct uh that character and they do it in a way that's very just perfect it's very good cool we got super chat real quick from play the high note been enjoying picard uh, sorry season three i no, this might sound hot and shallow, but the final two minutes of episode two when Picard, not Patrick Stewart, saying engage nearly made me jump out of my chair, even though no one was in the room. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, ah! Okay. Did you notice Yay! the different tone he used it with? Yes! Oh, right? It made me so happy. He was taking command. Dave, what do you think of the taking command aspect of the show so far? Like, how do you feel of Picard as being different than he's been in previous two seasons? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's not getting berated or talked down to. He's actually able to stand his ground and and do that and assert himself. Um, but I, I got to say, not to sort of jump jump slightly off there, but I'm fascinated by their perspective um, because of the fact that, and this is something that you, you've probably seen in comments and people have uh, you know, uh, criticized you, um, you know, this, this is the fact that people are making up their minds about the show after one or two episodes, which is absolutely fine. If people want to do that, if people don't enjoy the first two, um, the response is generally positive. But the thing is that what's weird is that we were able to make our minds up and give an assessment after watching six hours of the show, you know, six episodes in six hours. 
And whereas people are having to watch this over, you know, six hours over several weeks. And so it does give a completely different perspective when you're trying to make up your mind after a couple episodes. And so all we can tell people is, you know, all these nitpicks or all these issues or concerns that people have, uh, it's just wait, you know, just give it time. And I, I think people are going to understand. Um, I, I love that line from Angel, two points make a line, not a pattern. So people mm-hmm. are not fully bought into it yet, maybe. But I guarantee you by the end of episode three and certainly four, without a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> uh, Shane knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I, 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 um, I, I have, aside from the darkness of the bridge, per se, I haven't seen a single nitpick that won't be addressed uh, later on down the road. And yeah. so it makes it hard when I'm on panels or whatever. And they're like, well, what about this? And this? I'm like, oh, I just got to shut up because I, I, I can't answer without hurting, without spoiling it, you know? Well, you say I felt the same way he did about Rafi. I'm like, every time I see him, I'm like, get off of my screen. Yeah. And then the Warf shows up, I was like, yes! that's who they're going to tie her in with. Cause at first I thought it was Jordy cause mm-hmm. she had been seeing the Daystrom Institute. And I was like, Oh, it's Jordy. Cause didn't Picard said that he's like working there in the first episode. So I was like, okay, it's Jordy. And then Jordy's going to show up or, or something. But then it was Warf, and I was even more shocked and I was stoked. I was like, yes, Warf is there. Yeah. yeah. Warf, yeah. Warf, he looks Warf. so good too. He, he, does. he looked awesome. Yeah, Worf really ties into it really well with her. It's great. So, yeah, two things real quick on that, Brian. So, one, you see how Rafi's been the first couple episodes and how you guys don't really like her, right? Now, Worf shows up. So, Anna, that's really a a great observation that you made because going forward, that's really important. You'll want to watch that. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, at at first, like like I said, the first episode, because I didn't watch any of season two, so I haven't watched new Trek since season one came out. And whatever that stupid cartoon was. I gave that one three episodes and I was done. But it, it felt like, okay, this is a new show. Every character is getting reintroduced, like Picard's Romulan girlfriend. She reintroduced herself. Raffi was reintroduced herself. So I was like, okay, how is this going to tie in to everyone else since we have all these separate plots going on? And I was just so happy that it was with Worf. And I wasn't expecting that at all. So I was like, ah, that was a very pleasant surprise. Awesome. Alex, uh, a lot of people, I'm glad you brought up that you said Worf looks good. A lot mm. of people are complaining that Worf looks terrible. Really? So, yeah. So I, it's a oh. weird thing out there on Twitter. People are saying he looks awful. Um, so some people would say that Klingons don't have gray hair uh, as fast as Worf does. About? Didn't they watch Deep Space Nine? Yeah, I know. Look yeah, at Deep Space Nine. There's a yeah. ton of old Klingons, guys. Who are these people that you keep bringing up that you say <laughs> saying this stuff like i based on everything you're saying they're saying they've never watched star trek it's ran, <laughs> random random egg profiles on twitter <laughs> the twitters they, they haven't watched it because if they think that klingons don't have white hair they've never watched next generation deep space nine or yeah. even voyager when they ran into those ones with the, the disease and balana's baby and all that stuff is the episode where where wharf and picard go back to klingon to defend wharf honor the guy that's sitting on the chair has freaking gray hair who's like the head the head Klingon <laughs> yeah. guy i'm like what are you hold, on about? A second. hold on a second here so aren't we up to chronologically now the time of all good things that alternate future where wharf was old and had gray hair where like, he had a gray hair yes we're actually a little bit further than that even oh yeah. we're right. actually okay. farther than the last episode <laughs> 
That's, yeah. He had gray hair in that last episode. That's wild. Wow. Yeah, it happened. Uh, it happened in the in the twenty three nineties was when all good things happen, and this is twenty four oh three. So, no, I well, think excellent. he looks great. I, I was like, I I haven't seen Worf. Gosh, I don't know one of the DS nine shows or something like that. One of the episodes. I it's been a minute, right, since we've seen Worf in action, and this is going to sound like a douchebag thing to say, but like. Jonathan Franks has gained some weight. Obviously, he's you can see his outfit is made to make him look very s- slim. When Worf showed up, and I was like, damn, that guy's looking freaking good. He was looked fit, he was yeah. moving very smoothly. Yeah, he that scene where he was fighting everybody. Play in that, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to cover anything up with like some baggy clothes or anything like that. No, he, he, awesome. yeah, he the black comments about it. he got in fighting shape for sure. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Well, I have you guys know that um, that so far this has been a treat, and hopefully you guys continue to enjoy the season going forward. But there's no guarantee that that we're going to get more Star Trek made like it is right now. Terry Metalis, of course, is the showrunner. He had the carte blanche to make this season, and he's currently not attached to any future Star Trek shows. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit to the effect of if you saw more Star Trek like this going forward, would you want to watch more? Well, I think if there were certain aspects, because, you know, it's not perfect, not that I, not that we can ever expect perfection, but there's a few gripes there that are, I mean, definitely the lighting alone, okay, the swearing is one thing, but definitely the lighting alone, and that is something that could technically still be slightly resolved, okay, the onset lighting, you can't do anything about that, but they could do one more color pass color grade for uh for the dvds or, or for the blu-rays maybe i don't know maybe that could be in the pipe in the pipeline but regardless yeah i mean if terry metallis who's a hardcore fan and who has worked on star trek before um and he knows his stuff if he was allowed i, w- I would love if because because you know we have all these disparate trek shows right and they're all, all all over the place and this is just one season of one show that's good and we need him to be like a pre-end game kevin feige overseeing the entire franchise yeah managing everything like berman yeah. yeah yeah if it's got his name attached to it and they do some kind of a spin-off where it's uh, uh jerry ryan is seven of nine is the captain of some ship doesn't have to be the titan doesn't have to be the enterprise but if they do something like that and terry's involved in the writing and it, he makes sure that the characters are treated properly and that trek feels like trek i'd absolutely i'd be down for sure awesome well, I got to tell you, um, hopefully it does happen, okay? But we are already preparing for it not to happen. We've been so disappointed by Star Trek so far that we don't have a lot of faith in the studio system or really in Alex Kurtzman's ability to uh, to move forward with that. So we've actually started a, a, a um, change.org, what is it called? A petition. A petition. Uh, for people to sign. And we're going to, as the season goes on, if you guys like it, uh, and you can encourage people to go there and sign it, it's at terrytrek.com. Um, and uh, get over there and sign it. What do we got? Like 1500 signatures so far? Yeah, something like that. And then as the season gets closer to the end, and here's the deal, guys. So the whole reason that Strange New Worlds was even made was because the fans really fell in love with Captain Pike and they wanted him in his own series. They had no plans to do a Captain Pike series at all. And the it just got overwhelming fan backup on it until it got to the point where it was like, well, I guess we have to make this going forward. And we kind of get the sense, actually, we get a strong feeling that the same thing is going to have to happen once you get to the end of the series. And I got to tell you, Dave can confirm, once you guys get to the end of the series, uh, you're really going to demand that you get more of this. We feel strongly. So um, would you say that's true, Dave? 
Make it fucking so sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking yeah, engage. What, what can what can I say? What can I say? I want to I want to watch the last two again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it, look, it, it's definitely left. So, so this is the interesting thing. The first episode is called The Next Generation. And all I'll say is that that has another meaning. Mm. And what you're watching this year is uh, an origin story in more ways than one. Mm. And there's definitely a sense, and Terry has talked about this before, I don't think it's a, a secret, that there is a, a, a sort of a new generation being prepared and that uh, without this being an overt torch passing thing, right? Because it is ultimately a, a Picard and next gen story, but uh, you will, there's definitely avenues there for a story to continue based on where we're left off uh, at the end of the season. And I think the franchise is in a far better place. Uh, even New Trek is in a much better place because I, I personally think we're not going to get the 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 reboot and the the reset that we would like uh, to go back to you know pre two thousand and nine Star Trek and just undo this whole JJ secret hideout Kurtzman Trek. That's not I don't think that's ever going to happen. But but I think Star Trek can be reformed from this point forward. What would you say to people that don't? that can't seem to settle themselves with the fact that it won't be reformed. I mean, there's some people that go as far as to say they need an apology for what's come from before, before they'll come back. What do you think? What Why do you, have to say do you to those keep people? bringing up these people? Screw those people. Can we just talk about how good the show was and stuff about the show? Like those, <laughs> there are some people that are just going to be miserable no matter what. And I mean, there's a lot of people that deal with depression in their lives and they want to lash out at other people and, you know, when they see people having fun, if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's fine. But again, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I don't know who you're talking about or what this is, this whole deal is. But from what I have seen, everyone has been actually, po everyone that actually watches it and gives it a chance has something positive to say. So can we talk about like the positive side of this? <laughs> awesome. Yes. No, that's exactly it. So I think the, I think you're right. I think the one thing that the reason why we talk about some of the detracting stuff is because we kind of want to solve the problem of, you know, is Star Trek fixed? Is it truly back? Because I think some people are still well, that's arguing a matter of opinion on if you like it or not. Like some people liked season one of Picard season. People liked, um, I don't know, what are those other shows called? I didn't watch them, but the other <laughs> Discovery. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, the yeah. other one, what's the one? Strange with New World. What's the, what is the one with Captain Pike? Well, Strange, Strange New, New World. World. Yeah. Nick Ricada had a great comment about that. He's like, it's all run by women. And so when Kirk gets in, he replaces all the women with men. So <laughs> it shows how women are, you know, they ruin everything in that show. And I thought that, that was a funny joke at the Kurtzman people. I actually like Strange New Worlds. A lot of people don't, but I like it. Did it you know, I, I only just I saw... I don't need more Pike. I saw a clip from an episode of the third season of Discovery and it's really cringe because they're all like a bunch of high schoolers all smiling on the bridge and they, they arrive at this awful CGI Starfleet headquarters or something and they, the ship gets an upgrade, right? And I couldn't believe this because this is, this is like we're into season five, right? And I didn't realize that for the last two years. Discovery's warp nacelles are not attached to the ship. They're not attached to the ship. Right. And they thought this was an upgrade. It's it's like magnetic. And like, how many times have we had a problem? Like the ship goes into a nebula or something, and there's a magnetic distortion. It's causing know. you know a dampening field. Your warp nacelles would just fall off. <laughs> 
the, the most offensive part of discovery for me when it came to the ship stuff was when they upgraded the ship i was like that is the stupidest thing i have ever seen on television and i think that the artists they created and they're like oh this looks really cool it looks cool because like the ship can like rearrange itself or whatever and you're like it's i don't care how cool it looks it makes no practical sense but brian there's also a practical aspect to what they did in terms of merchandising right how do you produce a model of the, sh of the ship without the water cells attached and more to the point um they also upgraded their com badge so the com badge has right it's a com badge it's a tricorder Right, it's it's yeah. with a, with a and it's a teleporter, it's a teleporter, and it's a transporter. But you know, when you're when you're a kid, you want to get your hands on on the toys, on the on the props, right? Right. That's crap. You can't create a holographic display with for a toy. You know, you right. want a conventional handheld tricorder and phaser and communicator. All these things are cool. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They really shot themselves in the proverbial foot with that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, kids don't watch Star Trek, so they kind of shot themselves with the toys already. Well, they don't watch it anymore. Yeah. They don't watch true. it anymore. They used to. Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, <laughs> when, when, when you said they were all standing around grinning, grinning at each other. <laughs> I remember that scene so clearly because it's so, it's so awkward and cringy. It's almost like someone played it up as a parody because the way they all look at the camera and look at each other and they're going around the bridge and they're like, <laughs> and you notice the other thing I noticed is that they're all really young. So yeah. it's again that it's playing to a generation that like didn't have a father figure or didn't have an older, wiser person in their life, which is exactly what you need when you, these these people do not behave. Like it's a Robert Meyer Burnett describes it as like you know, everything has to be hugged out. Everyone's crying about something. You know, Burnham's always crying. Dude, even the ship, even nope. the ship is having like mental health problems, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's no professionalism. They don't behave like they're actually military people at all. There's no code of conduct. There's no stoicism. There's nothing. It's it's just it's awful to watch it. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I really liked about Shaw is because he brought that more militaristic version of Starfleet into this season than we've seen in some of the other shows. Like everybody's just willy-nilly doing whatever they want, telling their commanding officer to go screw themselves. Like Shaw, I feel like, is really a hardline dude, and I love that he's in the mix with this whole crew. Yeah, I love it. I love it that he is like he's like 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 fearlessly uh, de defending like the hierarchy, and it's really wonderful. Yeah, he's he's actually coming on really strong and he's becoming a fan favorite. And what's hilarious is you haven't even got to the best of him. Yeah, I would argue he's still not even as very likable at the moment. And he's well, still becoming a fan favorite really quick. Well, we predicted I, when when will Shaw be the most likable? And Shane, I was like, well, like episode four or five, maybe. And like mm -hmm. even now in episode two, people we are like, I love Shaw. I'm like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> I have a, a stupid question about Shaw that I don't know if you guys know this or not. Is is he supposed to be a vegan or something like that in this show? Because in episode one, when he's sitting down and he starts eating dinner before Picard and Riker show up, uh, the steak or whatever it is that he's eating looked like it was just chopped up kale chips to make look like a steak. And I'm like, is he is this supposed to be like a vegan thing or is this just That's supposed to be some meat? alien meat, bro? Yeah, is it alien meat. Alien meat? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I actually was. Actually, it's one question I never asked. We probably should have asked what that was because nobody's ordering that up on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, from from the. Uh, I'd try it. 
<laughs> it looked gross. It looks so <laughs> gross. For, I'd, thanks for that. I'd try an heartbeat. Me you him be eating like I, I, food? Yeah, I'd go to that replicator and I'd be like, yeah, listen, can I get some of that Shaw blue greenish steak, please? <laughs> with some steak sauce on the side. Well, maybe the actor himself is vegan, so he's eating. No, he's not. He's not what? vegan, is he? I, I don't know. Do we, know? we did a whole interview with him at his house, and I don't think he's vegan. We never asked him if he likes steak, though. We should have. We should have asked him what that damn food was that he ate. You're right. I'm yeah. really shocked we did not do that. I'm, it's I'm your fault, Shane. I had I, I handled the equipment. You handled the questions. Okay? I messed up. I asked him things about his career. Go figure. Oh, big <laughs> um, so son of John, $10 super chat. Thank you. I would like for a moment where Rafi could be less emotional and for her to have a hero's moment and move her away from the addict rejected mother storyline. Son of John. Keep Maybe Worf will whip her into shape. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, Maybe Anna, coming mm. with the heat. Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Just keep watching. Rafi gets a lot better. Let's put it this way: Brian and I couldn't un couldn't stand Rafi's character. We were uh, kind of wondering if Michelle Hurd was even a good enough actress, to be honest with you. And then we saw her at the premiere, and let me tell you how much we loved it. We found her just to tell her how much yeah. we appreciated what a I great a job she did in Star Trek for season three. We made sure that she heard that because yeah. that's how strongly we feel about the rest of the season yeah, yeah it's super yeah. nice it was wild because i almost felt bad i'm like i thought i would i blamed her performance on mm. like i don't like this character because of michelle Hurd's performance I, I now i'm realizing it was she just gave she was given really poor material to work with yeah like that was really good of you to do that because it must be really difficult because you know social media and everything they're gonna look the actors are gonna look at what people think of them and if it's overwhelmingly negative it must it must be awful but she does i will say this she definitely becomes let's say one of the team uh, later in the season and uh, none of those She's say jl in this season so i don't, I don't recall her saying it once what's that does she say JL in this season? No, no I, don't, okay. I don't recall a single moment. Yeah. No. It was funny because I was so mean. I was so mean, like in our live reviews of season two. Um, and then when and then when I found her, and it was like, I really didn't like your character. I'm sorry. I like your character now. And she was so nice. She gave me a hug. And she's like super tall. It made me feel like a very short, fat guy. Um <laughs> But yeah, I <laughs> made you feel like it or you are. Okay. I mean, no. I'm not that short though. I just felt really <laughs> short because she's so tall. Excellent. Um, okay. So, so, so far Picard uh, season three has got a hundred percent from the critics, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And the audience score is at 87%. Still a hundred percent. Still a hundred detractor there. Huh? Interesting. Not one. So uh, the question is, is, you know, can we continue to get more and listen, we've got eight more weeks where we can enjoy this and see where it's going. Um, Dave, is there anything else you want to say? I know it's late there for you and we don't want to keep you up all night. Do you have anything else you want to say about the season? Well, you know, it's, there's some aspects of the season that are not as strong as others. There's maybe one episode in there that, you know, for budgetary reasons is more bottle based than, you know, uh, I, I guess I could say that, but, uh, I think the last three and in particular, the last two, <laughs> yeah, apparently they want, they want to put them in IMAX. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, we can't say that no more. But I don't, yeah. I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> I don't know where you heard that. But I don't know what you're talking about, before. Dave. Let's hope they do something cool about that in the future. Maybe. Hey. Astro Nerd Boy, speaking of Dave, said, yeah. uh, "Hey, Dave, 
Thanks, Dave and others, for convincing me to watch the first two episodes of Picard season three. Were good. This is how it should have always been. Wait, are are we talking about the show that Brian and Shane's hetero life mate uh, is responsible for making? Oh, here we go. Here we oh, go. You brought me into this thing now. Welcome, hey, Matt. Welcome Kane to the show, Matt. I, I, I know you two love Terry Metalis with the burning passions of a thousand suns. Oh God, here we go. Um, don't you ever get tired talking about him? Well, I will say that teenage girls with a crush. I will say that Matt, last night you did ask me to bring your name up, so I will say (laughs) you want to be crush mates with Terry Metalis as well. well. So so funny because Shane went to dinner with Terry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you guys had a date with with your boyfriend. Oh Um, my god. uh, Well, what's funny is I used to work at Paramount Studios, right? And so, like, I have some friends who still work there, and one of those friends was with Terry when back when he was like, you know, a, a PA on Voyager or something like that. Right. Um, and so like w- before, like months ago, like this is like way last year, about midway through last year, I think so. Like I asked my my buddy, I, I was like, hey, do you know Terry Metalis? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, can you hook me up with him and and try to, so that he can come on our podcast and give an interview about 12 Monkeys and all this other stuff because I love 12 Monkeys. And he was like, yeah, dude. And so he reached out to Terry and he got back to me. He was like, Terry's all in, man. He, he says, DM him on Twitter and uh, and he'll come on your podcast. And I was like, okay. And so I DM'd him on Twitter, didn't hear back. DM'd him again, didn't hear back. So I, I was like, okay. And now then when I, I heard how Terry found us. He, yeah, and he, then found, when, he found the wrong fat guys. He is yeah, like, exactly. oh, oh, you guys are trying to get a hold of me. I heard. Oh, well, when I heard you guys were going out on a date with him uh, mm-hmm. last night, I asked you to name drop not only me, but also my friend who had made the introductions. So, yeah, I, I thank you for doing that. That's yeah, well, he, he's like, Matt, who? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Doesn't know me. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Um, we we're talking. Would you have any thoughts on Picard season three while we're catching the tail end of it well when someone like dave cullen comes out who has been justifiably critical of star trek thus far new trek and says hey the season's pretty good i tend to listen uh so you didn't uh, listen when we told you but now that dave says so we're good well, well i i know how how in love with terry metallis you are oh uh, my so god I, 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 I like i like to have it. a little bit i like to have a little bit of a uh a neutral party uh talk about this stuff I, i've been a fan of davis for a long time uh back when he actually showed his face on camera um and uh and you know i, I would watch his reviews of star trek and and they were always, Matthew, always you remember what happened to pike you know and uh that's basically what's happened to me i'm i'm actually just in a chair now I'm just an ai yeah 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 like like, like, like just the lights just come on for yes and no yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I'm typing but, really, really fast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, well, you're just an AI voice generation at this point, aren't you, Dave? Yeah. It's, just, it's like, uh, hello, my name is Dave Cullen. I'm. You can find me on Minds and other not social media. What if it's not even Dave? What if it's some like a genius programmer from like the, the <laughs> India or something, just using uh, thousands of uh, live hours of of his voice and creating a Dave Cullen? Yeah, but when when Nerdrotic. Um, Dave and um, other people whose opinions I trust come out and say, I've seen all of season three of Picard and it's good. I have to listen because mm-hmm. we got honey potted the first two seasons, like the first two episodes of seasons one and two of Picard were pretty decent. And then it, it just took a dive off a cliff. And so I was like, okay, the real test is going to be episode three is episode three going to going to actually continue to be good. 
So uh, everyone I know, you guys included, uh, are saying that, you know, this is going to be a good season. And you you guys even kind of offered to hook me up so that we could see the entire season ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I turned you down because I was like, you know what? I, I want to experience this as it, as it releases. So I might I be wish, kicking myself for that decision. Wait, wait, I now wish I could it, experience it. Did you not consult me on this first? <laughs> well, they, they didn't make it. They didn't make the offer to you, Alex. They made it to me. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were a team. I thought we were a team. Well, well a I, I, th- I think you, I think you were either at work or had family obligations, and so I was just like, oh, well, you know. Well, I will tell you, you guys are definitely lucky. For if you haven't seen the whole thing yet, you're fortunate because I wish I could like you know, stab out my eyes or, or just go through like that little thing from men in black where I forget. So I can watch yeah. it again because Neurorizer. it was that good. And let me tell you, well, the- Gary from nerd erotic loves it so much that he's watched it. I think like seven or eight times now. You guys think, think Doomcock secretly likes it. <laughs> you think like he's in a closet, just like, I love this season so much, but I can't let anyone know it's, my true feelings. So An- good. <laughs> Anna kept asking earlier who it was we were talking about. So why was that? Doomcock, yeah, Doomcock, and Doomcock's disciples. <laughs> we try not to mention the name. If you say it, he's like uh, that Harry, that Harry Potter bad guy. You yeah, if you say, say it name. too many times, then he'll show up. Voldemort? No, yeah. I mean, oh, if you say Doomcock too many times, all you hear is Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw his tweet a while back, and like I said, it's like. People, you know, you don't have to like everything, but when you lash out at other people, that just makes me, I don't know. It makes well, me feel know, like here's the interesting, here's the, there's an interesting logic uh, attached to what he's trying to put out there, which is that basically, okay, if people watch this season, and from his perspective, right, he said that it doesn't matter if it's good, and then, which, and it's what's really dishonest is that he looked for a confirmation bias, which is to say he immediately went out and found the one mainstream media article that said the show was bad. The Engadget article that said, don't encourage them or something. And uh, there was a line in there about how Kurtzman can only write in one register, which is not true because Kurtzman didn't write a single episode of season three. So I don't know where the hell they were getting that. But the yeah. point, that's what he said. Now, he, Doomcock's logic is not having a go at him. I'm literally just, I'm just responding, which is that, if it's good, it's bad for Star Trek. If it's bad, it's bad for Star Trek. So in other words, you know, heads I win, tails you forget we had a bet. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, in, in essence, he's saying that if season three is good, it'll only encourage more Kurtzman Trek, which will be bad in the future because it'll go back to being woke and rubbish again. So let me get this straight. People are now, people who haven't been watching Star Trek season one and two, as Matthew's described, have been baited right into watching terrible Star Trek and moved away from the series. Like me, I stopped watching before season two even finished. Okay. Um, but we're back on board because we know season three is good. Well, apparently, our enjoyment of season three is going to somehow affect our brains such that in the future, when Star Trek gets crap again, we won't know the difference. We're going to keep watching because we're going to be like brainwashed into watching shitty Star Trek. And we won't, this is, it's so insulting to the audience <laughs> suggests that they won't be able to differentiate between good quality entertainment and bad quality entertainment. And this is the logic. So if look, you're so if, stupid. You're going to yeah, fall future for Star it. Trek, if future Star Trek is going to be bad. Okay. It's bad, but this is the present. And I live in the present and season three of Picard is really good. And it's worth watching. So watch it if you want to. And like Anna says, if you don't want to watch it, just don't. Well, also don't make your own opinions. You know, I don't base my opinions 
on what other people say. I watch it and I enjoy it or I dislike it based on how I feel about it. That's awesome. So, and I mean, yeah, there's sometimes I judge people for liking stuff, like, especially the last shit. I'm like, how the fuck do you like that shit, man? Like, uh. <laughs> at the same time, I always say this. I don't like the taste of water. I cannot stand the taste of water. It makes me want to puke. And other, I understand 99.9% of the planet likes the taste of water. So Dude. I get Anna, I only drink carbonated water for that same reason. I hate carbonated water. That's disgusting. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I see. I don't like regular water. I only like I don't like, like the seltzer uh, water. Water has to have it's gotta have something in it. Like this is Mio in my water, like caffeinated Mio, so it tastes like fruit punch. But so it's stuff like that. If you if you yeah, like at that it, point, it's just juice, it's not water. It's yeah, it's basically <laughs> juice. But I don't know, like this whole you have to agree with me or you're wrong. I I don't know. I just I don't like that stuff. Yeah, That's you can't you can't people. <laughs> You you can't tell people what to like. You can't tell people what they like, and you can't tell people just as you can't tell people, uh, you know what they're attracted to. You can't. It's just it's nonsense. Well, I mean, um, you can. It's just no one's going to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or they yeah. shouldn't. Well, I think it's it's emotional. It's, it's and... like Brian Shane, stop being attracted to Terry Metalis. It's oh, embarrassing. Uh, do you, you're doing this thing where if you say it a hundred times, it becomes true. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm just pushing the narrative you guys created. I'm just saying. Okay. Oh God. We'll fight uh, afterwards. Uh, if if you guys like Star Trek Picard season three, go watch Twelve Monkeys, the entire series. Mm. That is yeah. probably the best example of time travel done right that I can ever point about? to in the history <laughs> of cinema. So it's about uh, humanity gets wiped out by this virus. And they create time travel to go back in time and try to prevent the virus from destroying humanity. And um, it's a very complicated sci-fi adventure. It's based on the movie with with uh, Bruce Willis, um, but Terry Metalis made it into a TV series. It's like a tw- yeah, it's the TV version of the movie. Yeah. Are there monkeys yeah, in the show? Was... <laughs> no. Well, uh, <laughs> the organization that's no. The that... organization that supposedly released the virus was called the Twelve Monkeys. Um, but oh. it's an excellent show. It's the only show that ever got time travel right, in my opinion. I agree. Um, and uh, and if if you like what the, what you're seeing with Picard, you're gonna love Twelve Monkeys. Like it's, it's excellent, and you'll see a lot of the same actors from the show's uh, uh, kind of crossover. It's, it's Wait, are you show. saying Star Trek didn't yeah. get time travel right? Nope. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Star Trek's really ever gotten tra- time travel totally right. <laughs> There's always problems with it. I mean, Picard season two came close. Am I right, guys? No, no, it did not. <laughs> and let's make let's make a Star Trek show, but like let's have all the characters actually just be in modern day Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. That saves money, doesn't it? It's cheaper. That's right. Saves a lot of money. Ten dollars super chat from Dustin Cole. Thank you, Dustin. How do y'all think they convinced woke Patrick Stewart to do a full one hundred and eighty degrees for season three? That's actually a very interesting question, Dustin. I, I heard Terry Metalis use his sex appeal to seduce <laughs> Patrick Stewart into basically doing whatever he wanted. Sort that's, of, sort that's of. That's the yeah. rumor. That's so the yeah, rumor he got a bottle of red and went and paid him a visit. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what happened. He just he showed up at his doorstep. With <laughs> he a, just kept him drunk the whole time. With a couple of bottles of wine. He got Stewart him Stewart didn't know what he was doing. And then so. talked him into everything. And then... Patrick Stewart shows up with his notes and he's like, look what I thought of last night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you the, the real story is that basically he sold, he sold Jonathan Frakes first. So when they, he was in the process of, of editing 
uh, season three, he was getting ready to set it up in his own office. Jonathan was directing on episode on the second season. And he got together and he said, look, I want to do this. Like I want to do season three as a butch and Sundance, you know, with you and Picard. And so, uh, you know, Frakes was like, I'm not an actor anymore. And Terry told him, yes, you are. In fact, you're a great actor. And that, I don't know if that gave Jonathan the, the confidence, but He's like, okay, I'll do it. And if you saw, he lost a ton of weight to do it. But the thing, it was tricky getting uh, Patrick Stewart to change his mind because he was so against uh, coming back and doing any sort of, um, you know, I guess reunion or something like that with the the next generation. He wanted something that was different. After his experience on Logan, he wanted that same experience for Picard if he was going to do it at all. Oh, the God, problem- really? Logan? That's what he's basing it off of. Yeah. So if you remember when James Mangold, who is yeah. who's in love with, he, actually, he's, he's my Cadish, boyfriend. Yeah. Your boyfriend, that's, right? That's Matt's boyfriend. Yeah. 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 So right. after that movie was made, he, he thinks of him. me constantly. It's a very progressive stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And Patrick Stewart specifically asked to be killed off this season by Wolverine. So you'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Hugh Jackman's Wolverine? Oh, I'm sorry. I, we're live. I just spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, we're not supposed to know that. If Hugh Jackman comes back, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> Actually, sorry. Uh, he, Anna, it's, he's going to have command, pike hair, though. It's Commander Logan. Okay. It's, it's Commander it's Logan. Commander Logan. <laughs> he can say whatever name he wants to say. <laughs> so the thing that that convinced uh, Patrick Stewart to change his mind was really the way that Terry couched it to him. And it's kind of in the same way that uh, that you would say that they couched in the second episode when Seven of Nine went and told Shaw, you can either uh, be the hero or you can be the, the guy who destroyed it. I think in a way, Terry almost kind of did the same conversation with Patrick Stewart. He's like, look, you could you know, be the guy who brings back and has this incredible ending and, and everybody. And what he told him was, is he goes, you know how you wanted like Picard to have this change over 30 years? Well, guess what? Everybody else had a change too over 30 years. And I think that got Patrick Stewart going, um, oh yeah, I guess so. I guess everybody would be a little different. And so then he became like agreeable to actually making it. And uh, it was pretty difficult to convince him from what I understand. Well, he did a good job. The one thing that was like his voice is cracking when he's saying certain lines, and I'm like, "Yeah, getting pretty old." Mm-hmm. You can see, yeah, you can still tell he's old, but it you know what? Though, like maybe, like, the, maybe they gave him some uppers this season. You know what? Though, like Shatner's older than Picard, and uh, and he doesn't sound like that. No, he's an he alien. Doesn't. He's an oh, alien. I can, I, oh, I can tell you why because Shatner it's, eats red meat. Okay? It's the wild turkey. <laughs> it's the protein. Yeah. The protein in the it's the all the alcohol that's preserved him. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. protein and bourbon. He's got a lot yep. of it going on. Yep. I, I mean, Shatner in his nineties literally went into space. That's yeah, true. yeah, it's crazy. That I yeah, I'll be lucky if I can get out of my chair at that age. When he came, when he when I watched that report when he came down, and it was I was so angry because he is clearly having like this like profound moment where he's like. Like he's like wondering what he's done with his life, and he saw the Earth, and he's having all these like this huge moment where he's like shocked and like amazed, and behind him are a bunch of <laughs> engineers and friends of Jeff Bezos just acting like idiots, popping champagne. And also, didn't oh. they go up in the uh, penis rocket? Wasn't that like the thing? <laughs> yeah. Like like right from right from, uh, head. Yeah, right, right from Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. 
Well, listen, let's uh, let's wrap up Picard here since I know Dave's uh, probably what is it over there, Dave? Like one thirty almost or twelve thirty? It's like half past drinking time. So. Uh, Dave actually fell asleep about ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you you want to add to, for Picard season three and and uh, what's coming up, Dave? Before you go, it only gets better from here. Life is short. Enjoy Picard season three. It's amazing. Yay. <laughs> And Dave, where can people reach you with uh, with all your great content? Your videos are just incredible. We really are enjoying your reviews, of Picard. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, just I'm on the Dave Cullen Show YouTube, and uh, I will have the review presently. Well, when am I supposed to release it? After two p.m. my time, I think it is. I mean, on a mm, Thursday or something. Yeah, know. six a.m. our time. So, yeah, two p.m. your time. Okay, awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Sorry, guys. I've just fallen asleep here. Such a boring stream. We can't keep you awake. <laughs> Take care, guys. Be good. Later, Bye -bye. <laughs> Matt developing friendships through insulting people. I love it. We got we got uh, a funny uh, comment. We here are the, the salty nerd. I mean, we that's true. That From Cyberpunk 22. Uh, hey, y'all. Did you hear Angry Joe's viewers say you guys are paid shills and are <laughs> Out of their damn minds if you think this is good. Okay, can I ask, why does anyone care what Angry Joe says? I tried watching, like, one of his videos, and I just can't get through it. Like, why do people care? Like, has he even Ooh. watched Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he a big is Star a Trekkie. Trek he is a Trekkie, is but he? I, yeah, he, he has reviewed the other other episodes, other seasons of the show. But I, I, I feel you, though, because, like, I don't – I think he comes off so negative constantly, it's hard to even believe that he's being genuine, in my opinion. I think a lot of his reviews are just start disingenuous because he wants to be angry. Well, I, 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 I think we're overlooking the fact that the color blue triggers Joe. So, like, when most of Picard is shot with blue light in the background, you just got to expect that he's not going to like it. He must not like my background. Well, yeah. Just take no, that, no, Joe. Star Wars he see, girl just told he me. He sees blue. He sees blue. He's like, blue! Blue! <laughs> it's got to be red, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what, what his deal is, but he doesn't like blue. That's he doesn't like the color blue, yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, I had a uh, I had actually an, an intro for you, Matt. I was going to – I had a really good one, but I gave it oh. to Alex, so – it was, it was all about low sodium. Oh, I got, the, I got the leftovers, man. Well, so Alex, so Matt made it sound like you were not going to be on the show and it was just going to be him. So I created an intro for him. I didn't know you were actually going to be here. So I'm like, well, oh, no, he showed up. So I, he, so I he, told, he told me before, he's like, hey, I'm not going to make it. Can you sub in for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Well, we're happy to have both of you guys. So listen, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of salt in your diet. But my, my mm. comment was going to be, has, did you guys get enough rain over the last few days to actually start covering up those bodies in Lake Mead that the gangsters all dumped? <laughs> no, not even close. No, we're just not getting a lot of wind, a lot of hot air. Uh, it's Hilly. like pouring where I live. It's pouring where I live, too. Where do you live, Anna? I live in SoCal. Oh, yeah, so do we. Yeah, it's like crazy rainy. Did These you guys get the hail? We got the hail. Dude, it was oh. 30 degrees. Uh, not this last night, but the night before. It was 30. I, I looked at my phone, and the temperature was like, 29 degrees and i'm like what that's below freezing and last night it was about 31 degrees which is great that's like for anyone that's that thing doesn't think that's that cold it's that's so stupid cold for california that is not normal southern california like northern california maybe but down here is like uh supposed to be sunny and beautiful and beach weather yeah. 
30 no, degrees, try, try, freezing Try living in the desert most of the year. Uh, I would never do that. <laughs> when, it, when, it's, when it starts getting like sub 70 degrees, people start whipping out. That is your gear. own fault for living in the desert. I moved to the beach <laughs> because I wanted to be on in the ocean and nice and warm. And yeah, well, yeah. Nevada has like extreme temperatures. And when I went to, uh, when I went to your, your studio to do your show live, it was like so hot outside. I left my tablet like on the mountain in my car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And when I went outside, it was like 150 degrees or something. <laughs> and it was so hot in my car that, that I went so I, nice. I touched the screen to turn on the tablet and my screen has a permanent indent of my fingerprint now <laughs> in one of my in my tablet. It oh, melted wow. like somehow the tablet survived, but right now when you look at my tablet, there's an actual like a image of my finger where I touched the screen. Well, the, the crazy thing the about that, and that was the show where, where we talked about sequels in space. We did Leprechaun 4. Mm -hmm. um, and you were sitting in for Alex because Alex was off camping or something like that. Yeah, I was doing something uh, outside, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Shane, like this is what's crazy about Brian to me. Like he literally drove five hours to come to our, our studio, record the show for three hours, and then he goes, drives five hours right back home. I'm like, yeah. you're not going to stay the night? He's like, nope. I'm out of here. <laughs> he doesn't like to get far from his editing studio. You know? yeah. I don't like to be uh, out of my uh, my space here for very long. That's 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 I my issue. You. I hate leaving my hobbit hole. Like yeah, that. my hobbit hole. Yeah, that's what the, this is. My hobbit hole. This is my we, space. We, we got a new hobbit hole that Alex is uh, broadcasting from right now. Mm. Oh, you're are I'm you in, in that space office. right now? Alex? Yeah. That's awesome, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The internet looks good. Look, the quality looks great. It's, it's blurred out behind me, but the the other workstations are behind me for editing. Looks and stuff good, like man. Yeah, your first yeah, live show is coming up. You guys are going to record there tomorrow. Yeah, we're, yeah. we got final touches on on the uh, studio. So hopefully uh, everything actually works correctly for a change. <laughs> we'll see. So I'm sure we'll have a few bugs to work out. Go ahead. You guys want to talk about some uh, some teen girl power porn? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. I watched teen this trailer. Girl power I watched porn. This trailer. You, you literally said every single power word you could have in order right, to get right. me invested <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> so that's a cat <laughs> up to the stream where it can't get shut off yet. So that was good. We're far enough along where they're not going to. Well, well, hey, hey we're, we're, we're such a progressive stream. You could, YouTube is cool with whatever we say. So it's all right. <laughs> right. Whatever. That's accurate. <laughs> well, it appears that uh, that Prime Video has come out with uh, a new series. And in which it's called The Power, in which teen girls, only teen girls, uh, have developed this power to electrocute men at will, apparently. And uh, it's, it yeah, sounds some guys so pay a lot of money for that, by the way. I know. Is this like an OnlyFans thing? <laughs> it should be because it's so crazy. So, uh, starring uh, John Leguizamo, Edie Marson, and Tony Collette, uh, this series is going to cover basically. Um, teenage girls to develop the ability to electrocute people at will. And it seems like through most of the trailer, they're basically electrocuting men. Uh, do you guys think this is just, you know, kind of like the oxygen network and their desire to have revenge porn for women? Do you think it's something like that? Or do you think this is really uh, a product of our social identity struggle? Like why are shows like this happening when it's blatantly oh, obvious uh that it's woke? I, I think that it's actually based off of a book or a comic book series, one of those two things. That makes it um, okay. <laughs> uh, 
I haven't seen a whole lot of promotion for it. Like I think I saw a trailer. Trailer didn't look very good, and it wasn't just because men were getting electrocuted. It's just because like you know, premise is kind of silly, and and I didn't really care for it. It reminded me a lot of of Why the Last Man, uh, the adaptation they did on AMC. Um, that talk about something that's woke. That was crazy woke. That was hyper woke. Um, yeah. 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 And and what's even worse is like it wasn't really well done either. It, you know, because uh, Why has been uh, a comic book series that was actually very much loved from the '90s. And people have been wanting to see that adapted for a long time. And then when they get the chance, they just kind of screwed it up. But with this show on Amazon, like, I don't know, it could be good. I just finished watching um, The Consultant, which is the latest release of, of Amazon's original series offerings. And that show was batshit crazy, but it was like truly intriguing. Like you're sitting there watching it and the episodes are short. They're only like half hour episodes, but like, as you're watching it, you're, you're coming up with all these theories about what the hell's going on in this show. And one of the interesting things about this show, the power is that it's basically kind of like uh, X-Men or the 4,400 or something like that, but it's gender specific. And so it's like, what happens when the balance of power shifts to, you know, specifically the female side of things. I don't think it's necessarily like an anti-man thing. I think it, it's just more like like what happens to society when, you know, women become the dominant, uh, you know, power. So I, well, I, I, well, they I, weren't I only, it seemed like they were only attacking men in the in the videos. Well, I mean, the like they, they have they have the trailer, but I mean, so, yeah, sorry, it really sounds like porn. Like, <laughs> I haven't Stop seen anything about this till right now. That's all this sounds like to me. It's going to be a bunch of teenage angsty uh, female Palpatines running around just like electrocuting people. Yeah, this is an only fan show. It's very strange. It's very strange. I watched the trailer and I'm like, I don't know who this is for, but I'm not going to watch it. Um, it's not something that's up my alley at all. Uh, it, it just seemed like... It just seemed like they were going to be fighting the patriarchy the whole time, and I mean that's fine if, if it's a if it's a book and it's got fans out there, I'm sure they'll watch it. Mm. Um, but it's not at all blipping on my radar. I'm not I'm not going to bother. Oh, I'm going to watch it. it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there, there was a yeah, really yeah, Brian Brian's going to call up Terry Metalis and be like, hey. I want to. I want to binge watch the show with you. Yeah, you guys want to watch Listen, this? You want to watch together, Terry? If you keep doing that, <laughs> me and you, Terry, let's watch together. Yeah. yeah, can you invite me over to your house so I can what, watch it? With is you? it uh, what, a teenage? If it's only teenage girls, like at what age? Is it nine? Is it twenty? All of a sudden, you don't have no, the power anymore. I mean, it, can't, it, it can't be just teenage girls because uh, what's her name, Colette or whatever? I'm, I'm forgetting her name. The Colette. main. Yeah, so she is not a teenage girl, clearly, and she has these powers too. I don't I mean, think it's just teen girls. I think, it, I think it's these all women. Are actual teenagers. They're all older. Right, but they're playing teenagers. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't – it just seems so – I mean, look, like, like, like Alex said, if there's a book out there and people love it, great. You know, you know, do, do, you know not everything out there I'm going to like, but this does seem um, almost like – Almost like why the last man? It seems like so excessively cringe, like woke, sort of almost like cringe woke. Um, especially in the trailer when one of the characters, I'm assuming she's probably the antagonist, um, is like threatening all the men around her with electricity powers, and everyone's just sort of and the way she has her her head down like this, it looks like one of those like TikToks 
where like they look they, they think they look really cool but they just look, look really stupid that's what the entire trailer to me looks like well let me let me read you guys something that somebody wrote somebody took a moment to write something thoughtful after seeing the trailer and i really want to get your guys's take on this <clears throat> it's from a guy and it says i know it's a positive thing that there's more awareness now around what it's like to be a woman and how men treat them but i feel like every freaking time Every freaking show or film at this moment is telling me the same story. How many things have you seen recently that have a thing about a woman being told she should smile more? Yeah, it's a dickish thing, but is it really news or is, is this really news? Does it make it easy to identify the assholes of the world and then just move on? Men have to deal with other asshole men as well. I thought this was really important. Like there's a bunch of there's men out here who are very toxic, right? There are and the world is, is a place with different types of people. Um, and, and men, they kind of leave out that men also have to deal with assholeish men as well. Um, so what this person is saying basically is we feel like we've been dealing with this stuff over several decades. Um, you know, when are we going to move on past the fact that women feel like they're being victimized and when it's really, you know, men and women who, who kind of get put through some of this stuff. What do you guys think of that? I mean, smile yeah, more, Shane. Why don't you smile more? That's what I got to say about that. There's a there's a lot of assholes out there in the world, male and female. So I, I am curious though, like if 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 there's going to be females in this show that have this power that use it for for bad things and are terrible to people, and then vice versa, are they going to be heroes? Are going to be people who use these powers to save people, or is it just going to be revenge? You know, anybody who's ever stepped on me gets it type thing. Like, I'm curious where they're going to take it. If there's actually going to be a morality to it, or is it just straight revenge porn? I mean, it looks like one of the characters is using her powers to get into a club. Alex, that's, it's, that's helpful. It's, re it's revenge only fans. Get <laughs> it's revenge only. Yeah, fans. not porn. Don't pay for it's it. Only. Do you guys think this this makes the things more divisive? Anna, what do you think? Do you think this makes things more divisive, or is it just eh? It's just storytelling. I'm sorry, I like tuned out. A few minutes ago, <laughs> I have, I have so zero Anna, interest in this show or this topic. I'm so sorry. No, it's Anna okay. would definitely end up with these powers, and three of us would be electrocuted right now. No, no, no. You know what I would do? I would uh, use it to make my heater more powerful because it's fucking freezing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry. This is I have very uh, specific interests, and the new woke shit is not one of them. So I just don't even watch it or pay attention to it. Makes sense. She's like Liam Neeson and Taken right there. I have a very specific set of skills. Exactly. Yes, and thank they, you. And they do not include crappy Amazon TV shows. <laughs> I don't, Take your I don't shit and go this, home. This one this one might be dead on arrival. I think Matt Vader said no one cares dead on DOA. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. Grab those super chats, Brian, while you're there. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, speaking of, doomed for $2. Hi, Anna. What's up, Doom? Russell hey. Hall has the best super chat. He wins hey, the day. Doomed. Oh my God, Russell! What did you do? Astro Nerd Boy, I think good stuff should be supported. I will admit that I I just I despise that Picard season three is still attached to JJ Kurtzman, correct? But I want them if they build good Trek, I will show up. True that, man. Hmm. And then from Matt Vader, for the love of God, don't do time travel with Kadish. <laughs> I get in the weeds. And then from Russell Hall, given a choice, I prefer female assholes to male. 
<laughs> Thanks, Russell. That's give us a lot to think about. That's uh, I guess you're right. Yeah, people alone—they're nice. Don't be degenerate here. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another topic then. So uh, we've 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 beat that one up to death. There's been a lot lately, and in fact, you guys on the Salty Nerd Show on Saturday covered some of this stuff. Uh, some of the Road Doll <clears throat> books that we all grew up with as kids wa- reading, they've changed a lot of that. But on top of that, it looks like they're also editing the James Bond books now to remove like old racist references. Um, what is your stance? And Anna, what do you think about people uh, changing books to to modernize them and sanitize them for today's, you know, more gentler culture as opposed to the way things were written before? I'd say don't be a pussy. Um, nice. I'm sorry, I'm very vulgar sometimes. Uh, no, okay. in, what was it, 1984, they removed the Big Brother chapter? Like, I thought that that was stupid. I think it, when you censor things, it makes people weak because you can't handle the the yep. hard truth or the... It, and the, I don't know, I kind of like the philosophy of, like, throwing a kid in the pool to teach them to swim because then they have to learn so that way they survive. So if you're really triggered by a book i don't know that just it makes me really look down on you as a person because i'm like you wouldn't survive on your own but that's a problem that we have at least especially with people that are like my age because what you lose your mind when you lose your phone cord but you've never read a book you don't know how life really works and so um i don't know with with what changing James Bond books really like you don't have anything else going on in your life <laughs> a James a James Bond book like I, and you know what I guarantee the people that are censoring it never even read any of the books they're just like oh this one part is problematic just like uh, Dr. Seuss they're like Dr. Seuss has been out for decades but all of a sudden you see that there's a what a Chinaman with chopsticks and I'm like you do realize that Chinese people do use chopsticks yeah, they Not exist. This problematic, yeah. so we have to yeah. censor a children's book. It's Why are we like, going to act like they don't exist all of a sudden? It's so I, odd. I don't know. I mean, it that kind of blows my mind how people, they pick and choose what they're going to lose their mind about. And that, I mean, that's when you just take the the power away from the children. You know, like when a kid is throwing a temper tantrum, I don't know. They don't give them what they want because that's going to make it worse. And right now everyone's giving the child with the temper tantrum what they want. That's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing is like, think about this. Um, You're, you think you're protecting kids or people that are going to read this from being offended uh, by hearing the word fat or Chinese man or whatever, but you're not actually protecting them from anything because this isn't real. This is like words on a page that these things still exist in the real world. So instead of allowing them to experience it in a harmless and, you know, educational book, you protect them from it. And then they experience it in the real world. You're not protecting them from anything. Well, You're just they don't know it. how to deal with it. Like that's a right. big thing. They, they have no idea because they have no experience on handling like just a little version of it. And right. I don't, I just, like, or, um, Orwell, Orwell warned us about this, right? Because like his whole thing was, this isn't about censorship; it's about thought control. It's about rewriting history. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, uh, lies become truth, um, war becomes peace. Like, like there, there's all this stuff that Orwell basically satirized, 
you know, with his book 1984. But at the same time, it's it's like a warning, and it's it's actually happening before our eyes. I mean, news just came out today that the whole Wuhan lab thing was actually like legit, and they told us for how many yeah. years that that was like a conspiracy theory, and and it was racist to think otherwise. We have the videos on. Drives me nuts. Everyone's on... like, "You're a conspiracy theorist," you know. They they scream, "You're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy." And then now that it's real, everyone's just real quiet. Mm. Like, oh, uh, the censorship thing is good, Alex. Oh, the sen- the censorship thing for books is is ridiculous. I I don't agree with it. If you're trying to protect children, that's not the way to go about it. Like, if you're a responsible parent, I have three kids myself. If you're a responsible parent. You read what they're you're going to give them first to check it over, and if you feel comfortable giving it to them, you give it to them. Um, I recently downloaded um um. Oh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, uh, that book that was narrated by Nick Offerman. And they let, it was not a bridge. It was not censored at all. They left all the words in there. So you got Nick Offerman saying words in a Mark Tain book, which are of the wow. time. Wow. I yeah, want that so bad. <laughs> so I was, I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow, that's, it's great. Good for them for leaving it and leaving it to, you know, yeah. written exactly how it was when it was written at the time by Mark Twain. And he's narrating it as if it was, to, you know, for a modern recording. I admired that. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I'm not going to go and give that to my kid at the age that he is now and let him read it. If I'm concerned about something like that, when he's mature enough Mm -hmm. to understand that, you know, these words were outdated. This is what it used to be called or whatever. This is a common term for the time, but we don't use that anymore. When they're old enough and mature enough to understand that, that's when you can give it to them. You don't censor things. You just let them understand history is history. Right. It's, 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 it's another chapter in the greater uh, story that's being told here, right? Like we have video games set in World War II where you can't even uh, call like the Nazis Nazis without, you know, you know uh, getting uh, censored in the chat. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But, uh, Nowhere in a clown world is when, oh, we can't be offensive to Nazis. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't even say the name. Um, but, but, but I mean, like. This is going on in movies where you have people basically rewriting history to include like a more, you know, diverse cast when, when it's like, hey, that's not how history really was. This is now right. a fantasy show as opposed to mm-hmm. like, you know, Anne Bo- Boleyn was not black, you know. Um, so, so like it's just part of a larger problem where uh, those in, in charge of our entertainment keep trying to, to change things to fit their agenda as opposed to what is actually entertaining or, you know, um, legitimate from a storytelling perspective. It, it's actually very scary if you think about mm-hmm. it, because, you know, right now it's Ian Fleming and Roald Dahl, but at what point does it become history text? At mm-hmm. what point does it become you know, more, more serious stuff? Well, right. so let me play devil's advocate for you for a second. So what if you're trying to sell books and you're like, well, nobody's buying our books because they're not, woke sanitized for our new woke society so now i want to sell more books i'm going to have to change what the words say do you think that could be part of it at all well it's the star trek or star wars uh, philosophy right where you take something that's great like Roald Dahl's books and you make it shittier um so that people don't want it anymore and then then they will accept crappier alternatives to it Ooh, so interesting it, point. so in, in, instead of having to produce actual good material to sell to the public, you just make the good stuff really bad again mm. and then offer them less bad stuff. It, it's the Lucasfilm philosophy, right? The Lucasfilm philosophy. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Like Disney yeah, Lucasfilm or? Disney Lucasfilm. Like, like take Star Wars and Willow and Indiana Jones, make them shitty, 
I'm sorry, make them crappy and uh, and make the fans hate hate these beloved franchises and then offer them alternative franchises, which are just as bad, but nobody cares about them because they're easier to right. make and cheaper to make and all that stuff. Right. And we got a super chat from uh, Dirty Wren. <laughs> I love your name so much. Hail Doomcock. This is my last super chat, Kurtzman Shills. <laughs> Keep the money coming, Dirty. Thanks. Keep it coming. <laughs> awesome, Dirty Wren. Um, I, yeah. I hope you guys uh, buy uh, Terry Metallis a drink with these super chat monies. <laughs> he buys your next day. We talk about yeah. Don't worry, we'll get you an invite next time, Matt. I see what's yeah, going on. Matt's here. real mad about that. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna steal him away from you guys. You have no idea. <laughs> if anybody can, it's you. I'm, I'm gonna show him a picture of Alex and be, be like, this guy could do all your voiceovers, and uh, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna fall in love. He's gonna be like sold. Popcast who? Pimping you know. out, Alex. So he's you pimping that? you out, Alex. That's, yeah, that's, my, that. that's my I job. That. That's my job. Yeah. He's the producer. He produces things for me. <laughs> Alex is the face. I'm the brains. That's just how it works. Oh, and, just don't, and give, him, just don't give him duct tape. Just don't give him duct tape. He does, <laughs> he does, he does atrocious things. Al Alex almost murdered me last night. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> because of something I did in the studio. If I sh I'm going to show you guys a picture of it. You're going to laugh because I almost died. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see but, what you got. I, I don't know if I could show you. I don't know. Hold on. Can I show it over? Are the you naked? That's no, 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 no. Anna, cover your eyes. I I I took it. Why? So, so we have we have, <laughs> the the studio is all painted black. I don't know yeah. if you're gonna be able to see. The studio is all painted black, but we had a doorknob on the door that was like silver color. It was just whatever color it was, and we were like, well, we got to cover that up because it looks kind of weird on the camera. I went to work for a couple of days, and when I came back, this was Kadish's solution to it. Can you see? I don't know if you can see it or not. Oh, why is it blurry? Come on, camera. There well, you go. Uh, it's just duct tape over the doorknob in the most atrocious way possible. And I'm like, you. Why didn't you like, just buy a new doorknob that was a different it, color? It, it looked I, good on camera. You couldn't see it on camera. I did. I did buy a new doorknob and I just put it on there. And I was like, or don't just ever do that off again. And spray paint it. <laughs> it's been hey, resolved. Hey, tape is easy and quick and cheap. So, how many of you guys were able to That's see what Dexter uh, says? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shane. How many of you guys were able to see SNL's uh, Woody Harrelson monologue? I know we're probably not I supposed to it. talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Did you guys all see it? <laughs> you, 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 mean, yeah. you mean like Woody Harrelson wasn't supposed to talk about it? Well, I don't. I mean, apparently it was all on a cue card, as you could see. So they did it on purpose. The question is, if you guys got a chance to see it and we'll describe it. Basically, he rambles for about six minutes. And then right at the six minutes, I mean, it's funny in that, you know, I'm high kind of all the time way, you know, jokey, funny thing. But uh, and I don't think we can show it, Brian, because people. Are, no, uh, you'll get. Uh, yeah, flashed. I'm just. I'm just gonna show uh, screenshots. Go ahead. Um, I wouldn't. So they were flagging anyone that shows this. Like Chrissy's Simpcast stream got taken down and blocked, and basically for just, for just a picture. We played it, but you will get flagged for just showing the photos. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even think it's necessary to show it because I mean it, the whole world's probably seen it. So, uh, really great the monologue was actually pretty boring until he gets to the end and he's describing the script that uh, he was reading. And it talked about essentially reading these, scripts. these drug cartels uh, like drug Lords who forced everybody to stay inside and take drugs. Uh, and they weren't allowed to come out of their homes uh, <laughs> unless they took the drugs and which, of which he said, which I do because when I want, cause I want to. Uh, so a lot of people have come out against Woody Harrelson as saying this is, 
this is like uh, pro conspiracy, you know, COVID theories, right? Against the the drug companies. <laughs> but other people have said, and then the that, Wuhan thing comes out this morning, right after that. <laughs> well, the, the 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 opposite thought of that is, oh, is he making fun of conspiracy theorists? So it's really ambiguous. It doesn't he, really determine. He wasn't what, making fun. Right. Well, okay. I, so that's opinion based, right? So no, no, that's not opinion based. Like knowing Woody Harrelson, I mean, the, the guy mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, as alternative as, as it gets in terms of like the way he thinks and lives, you know, wearing just like hemp clothes and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I want to give you guys a thought exercise. Okay. Mm -hmm. And everyone out in chat, watch this monologue. And every time he, he says drug or cartel, replace those words with oil an oil company mm. and and you will see that if he had done his monologue with those words he'd be championed on every media platform in the world that's true but because he went after pfizer and the the big pharmaceutical companies mm. he's being maligned because who are the biggest ad buyers on these networks it's pfizer and the drug companies Oh, so yeah. like, 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 like he poked the, the bear essentially. And my Pfizer question is why, why are regular, and I get the, the money people mm. want to protect them, but why are regular people constantly white knighting for like these big giant pharma companies? I don't get these it. Are the same, the these are thing. the same people who thought the last Jedi was brilliant. These are the same people that watched the rings of power and thought that it was better than the, the Peter Jackson movies. I mean, there are people out there who are just sheep and they will do whatever the overlords tell them to do. Yeah, and it's, it's, think about it. it's a, it's a social cult. It's a social cult. That's well, all. And the bigger thing is, that, thing. but I, yeah. I had one, I had a thought about the Woody Harrelson thing and, and, Kadish's point is very interesting, um, but I, I was actually thinking more along the lines of, I think there's they're learning slowly that this freaking the shilling for the Pfizer and the vaccine and all this stuff is is going out of style and they're pivoting to a different style because the, I think the last thing that came out on like a night show was uh was a jimmy fallon did some song and dance Pres about presidential it. elections in two years about yeah right. they're they're they did that that fight the um new omicron variant whatever song on jimmy Fa uh yeah I don't know, whatever yeah, night the, the dancing vaccine and needles it, yeah and it was really really badly cringe and then jimmy fallon did one where he's like doing a sing-along and that's also really really cringe and they get like deadpanned across the board by all the critics and everybody how stupid it is i think they're i think somebody at snl was like we got to pivot away from this shilling and go the other way before the election comes around we yeah we have to like soften up a little bit i think they're just changing their tactics to try and get better views or something well uh, now nbc is the one taking these dollars Right. So, uh, you know, you think Lauren Michaels is taking the heat for that. So you do feel like it was backed by his play was backed by SNL. But but you know what? This is yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with Chappelle. Right. Like Saturday Night Live is so irrelevant that they they hope for these these viral moments mm -hmm. where people actually care about what happens on SNL because it, SNL hasn't been funny for like decades. Right. So. And it I, only I, happens. It only happens when they have alternative guests on that that do something different than the norm. That's when they get the most publicity. Yeah. It's Dave Chappelle, Woody Harrelson. They say in these outlandish things yeah. that are reserved for the right wing conspiracy theorists, and that's when they get all the attention. So I think and, and just, what was what was the highest rated episode of SNL in the last five years? It was the one where Elon Musk came on. Yep. Mm. Yep. So I think they're just playing into what gets them the views. I think I think that's all it is really.
That was also the night that, that I sold all my do my Dogecoin. Thank you, Elon. <laughs> I'd rather them actually do that than uh, than take a stand, a political stand. I'd rather, you know, because that's when SNL was good is when it would just go back and forth depending on, you know, they made fun of everybody. Mm -hmm. And they really need to get back to that because, you know, good SNL is just good for good for society, I think. Did you guys hear Elon fired more people at Twitter today? <laughs> is, there any, is there anybody left? I didn't know there was anybody left. I feel so sorry for that. There's this one lady that was like championing champion, um, Elon. She, she was like, yeah, she was the head of Twitter Blue. She was the head of Twitter Blue. And she's like, she kept posting stuff about how she slept in her office and she loves the new Elon, uh, the new Twitter 2.0. And then she was immediately fired. I feel I feel sorry I'm sorry for laughing because it's, but it's, it's like it's like ironic. She's to yeah, be fair he fired though. Fired like hundred really people. Well. Yeah, what, fired like hundred people today. Yeah, is there any word on on what's going on with the new YouTube CEO? Is there because didn't that lady step down or she quit or something like her that? assistant's yeah. taking over? Her it's assistant. Not, it's not her assistant. It was it was the COO, I believe. Right. Uh, um, who who's stepping in? And he was the head of of their their products division. So Susan Wojcicki, the former CEO who's stepping down, um, she was known for being very creator focused and she kind of spearheaded uh, AdSense and, uh, and revenue sharing on YouTube and stuff like that. And this new guy, I forget his name, but he's, he's kind of more on the product end of things. So like he was more about like the advertisers and, and, and ways to make money. He spearheaded the shorts, um, the push for shorts and, and things like that. So, um, they worked very closely together for uh, about a decade. So I don't think much is going to change, but we may see a little bit more of a focus on advertisers and new products. Uh, like um, their YouTube slowly rolling out or testing this, this new podcasting feature uh, in, in their backend. And I think that that's something that this new guy will probably lean into more and more, just like he did with shorts. So it's yet to be seen whether or not this is a good thing for YouTube or, or a bad thing. But where's, um, the, where's the new guy from? Is he, he he's been at YouTube for like no no like where's he from like in the world? Is he a, a citizens of of United States or, or yeah he's an American. Okay, I mean ethnically he I think he's East Indian or something like that. But he is. Um, yeah. But uh, you know he's he's an American. Interesting. What do you guys think of Warner Brothers' move to uh, put out some Lord of the Rings movies? When um, uh, is this like an f you to uh, Amazon or what? You know, I'm more pissed off at the Tolkien estate for just selling their freaking rights to any Tom, Dick, and Jerry with a paycheck. Yeah. That's what pisses me off more. Like, you know, the studios are going to go and try and find places to to make more content for their for their you know plus streaming services or whatever. Um, but the Tolkien estate lately has just been making some bad moves. And that's what really irritates me about this is like, stop just selling it off to anybody that can write you a check. Like you have to make sure that it's going to be treated properly. So I don't know. Well, well, I mean, the rights issues with Lord of the Rings are all over the place. So like, basically you have Amazon who got the TV rights to mm -hmm. a couple appendices of, of the, the series. They don't actually have the rights to any of the books, right. just like a handful of appendices. And they're only allowed to make TV shows that are not longer than eight episodes long. Um, and, 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 and then the, you have this like Swedish uh, video game company that has like the rights to everything else except the movies, right. which Warner Brothers mm -hmm. has had the rights for ever since they, you know, New Line made, made the films. And the reason that they're making new movies is because they have to, otherwise they're going to lose the, the movie license. Oh no, that's never but, a good thing. <laughs> but, but one of the interesting things about... <laughs> 
about the story is that Zaslav, you know, the the new head honcho over at Warner Brothers Discovery, the Zazman, the Zazman. So like he's been in contact with Peter Jackson and and the two ladies that Jackson worked with on um, on the original uh, Lord of the Rings movies. And they've been involved every step of the way with this new concept of creating like offshoots within the movie universe. And I think that um, this is this is kind of an fu to Amazon because like they, they want to make good Lord of the Rings movies to contrast with bad Lord of the Rings TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I mean, like it could end up being good if Peter Jackson actually like has a hand in it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's. Uh... What like, can they I do? Mean, oh, they there's do, a like, million, life of Gandalf or something. Uh, there's a million different stories that they could choose from that are really freaking good that have books that are already written and ready to go. You just have to trans, you know, adapt them for the screen. There's so much. Or, that or, could or they could they could do something completely original set within that universe. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things that, that they could do. I just, I'm, I'm, I have no interest in them trying to like, oh, this is Gandalf when he was 23. Like, don't. don't this is do baby that. Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> this is spell plushies. It's, yeah. it's like the first time. Oh, this is the first time Gandalf got stoned. <laughs> and Pedro Pedro Pascal is in it. He's like, oh, of course, of course. Yeah, he's like, a, he has to take care of baby Gandalf. Right? Yes, I'm okay yeah, with that yeah. though. Actually, anything with Pedro Pascal is I'm okay with. <laughs> super chat from russell hall two dollars thank you russell please give me a nick cage aragorn <laughs> yes like right now nick cage or like 20 years ago nick cage which one do you want either one either one percent. yes i mean he's still popping out those movies that are just like ridiculous i mean like, i can't wait to see renfield that looks amazing yeah, it, you, you know, we we keep threatening to stalk him here in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. get him on our show. I, I want him in the studio. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't even get Terry Metalis on our show, so I don't know like why we're bothering. We will. We will. You would be legends if you got uh, Nicholas Cage. Let le- absolute legends. Yeah. No, no, our, 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 we know our his big, favorite sandwich shop. Yeah, our big two are Nick Cage and Jean Claude Van Damme. If we can get mm. those two guys on our podcast. We can retire. We just got to get to get JCVD here. We just have to have a mountain of cocaine in the other room <laughs> <laughs> and hookers. Don't forget the hookers. hookers. Well, they got there's plenty it of those. Vegas. In Vegas. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. And well, what else do you, you boys want to talk about? Did, did you guys hear that story when Jean Claude Van Damme was doing uh, Street Fighter? Uh, his sober companion literally took him to uh, Thailand where he disappeared for like two weeks during the filming of that movie. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. On, on, on like this drug-fueled party binge. The guy who was supposed to keep him sober took him out to go party and they Nine. disappeared for two weeks. That's awesome. We got a super chat from uh, Insane Hippie, in- Hippie Insane. I love this guy's name. Susan W. Creator Focused? What the f- are you smoking? <laughs> She has only pushed corporate contact and held down small independent creators. Yeah, we had this conversation, I think, on on the Salty Nerd podcast, but think about, like, Susan is the devil we know. And, like, the new person in charge, we don't know this guy. Well, I'll also say this when I say creator-focused. So she's the one who spearheaded revenue sharing on YouTube uh, so that creators could actually get paid for their content. She actually showed up on creators, uh, you know, interviews like channels and live streams so she was very active in like the creator economy of youtube i'm not saying that everything she did was was pro creator you know she definitely made mistakes during her tenure but the youtube as we know it today where people can actually make a living creating content 
and stuff like that. That was all her. Like, like she spearheaded that stuff. This is a woman who basically she rented out her garage to the guys who created Google. And she's been with Google since the beginning. And, you know, even though she's stepping down at the head of YouTube, she's still going to be at Google in like a different capacity. Right. So, so like this is a woman whose, whose fingerprints are all over um, Google as we know it today and YouTube. So like when I say creator focused, what I mean is that uh, she was very much involved with the creator economy that, that has sprung up around YouTube. Whereas uh, the new guy is more focused on the advertisers and the, the, the brands and stuff like that, that, you know, are uh, that YouTube uses to make money off of. Yeah. I just hate that. I have to make this yeah. prediction, but in two years, I hope that we're not, we're not being like, Oh man, I wish Susan. I, I miss Susan. I miss Susan. <laughs> it, it, it's like when George Lucas sold star Wars to Disney. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, this is going to be awesome. Disney has so many resources. And it's like, ah, oh. Oh, oh, man, it's George. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, where's yeah. George? Right. Yeah. I, do, I hope again, we, we know how to operate in Susan's sandbox. Like we mm -hmm. know what we can do, how far we can push things. We don't know. And the, the, the latest update for YouTube is actually stressing me out. Shane sent me a bunch of guidelines and I was making today's video and I'm like, well, what the, huh? Don't do, do I... anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it basically the guidelines are don't. Yeah. yeah, I what I, I hope happens is I hope that YouTube guidelines itself out of like out of the main uh, video creation thing and Spotify comes in and tries to take over their market because if there's competition then there's room for growth and there's room for people to make money and to grow a show uh, when when one company like YouTube just has a complete monopoly on like content creation it just it just stagnates and it gets harder and harder i feel like rumble spotify and any other video platform like odyssey or something like that really needs yeah. to um to kick it up a notch you're totally right alex we need to stop worrying about all, uh, we need to stop saying oh we need alt tech when these alt tech needs to be they need to become competitors mm -hmm. because you're right the free market will dictate um their treatment of content creators it'll 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 push them into treating content creators better and giving them more freedom because there are other options for them. But yeah. right now, let's be real guys. I like rumble. I like bit shoot or whatever it's called. I, we, we are on these platforms. Like we, I painstakingly upload all of our videos, all of our streams to 15 places because I want to support the, the whole community, but we're not, we're not making any money on these platforms mm -hmm. and we get oh. a tiny 0. 0.00 percentage of the of the views um do you so, guys want to talk about what happened to egotastic recently oh egotastic yeah, yeah we can actually um it's it's kind of it's kind of wild and it's kind of the thing that scares us a little bit he thinks he's got it figured out but i'm not so sure that it's what he thinks it is so he's got although it might partially be that so he's got a 20 second sound uh thing that he uses at the end of his videos that has something to do that ties in with the orville and he thinks that's why he got pulled down because he started getting a whole bunch of uh, warnings or strikes or something after he was demonetized for these 20 seconds at the end of his videos. It's licensed music, though. So this is this is the scariest part. OK, right. He actually paid for music. He has a license for the music. Something changed from the time he used it until now. And it got put on. It probably got put onto a third party verification thing like Rev or whatever. And they all got flagged, and because he got, and he, what his, 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 his thought is because he all, all these things got flagged at the same time, it 
automatically demonetized his channel because it looked like he was trying to do something sketchy. But he got also, demonetized first, and then a day or two later, those things came through. Well, because they, but that's, that's how it works. So, like, the system is there, and then it, and then it catches up and it shows the front end. But the uh, thing is, that sounds wrong to me. Oh, it is, it is wrong, but that's how it works. Here's, here's a great, he was like, oh, well, I changed my name and my channel, and maybe that's why my license is not good. No, no. JP, your license is still good, except for in order for to fight this, you got to go and like hit every one of those videos and insert your license in every one of those videos. I know I've done this, and it's impossible. And here's the problem with using with like paying for royalty free music and like the whole really crappy copyright system at YouTube is that it's it could be totally legal and totally fine right now. You bought the license, you own that music, it's yours, you could put it in your, your video. But a year from now, the original creator of that music, they could have left the platform you bought it from, and now it's on some, you know, rev or identify third-party site, and now you're just effed. And that is not okay. Like, like you buy a lifetime license, YouTube should be able to apply that license to your account and not ding you every time someone uses it. But well, they shouldn't demonetize you first. So this is where I got a big problem with it, and this is not right. And if YouTube's doing this, it has to stop. You know, get. I love the warning. I love okay, a strike, whatever. Claim but to not demonetize somebody without telling them why it was demonetized, which is what happened to him. You know, copyrights. Oh, because of some sort of copyright problem, you're demonetized. You can you can come back in 30 days and do a uh, and put in a um, a request for them not to demonetize you. And that's what happened to him, not knowing any answers. And then these things started coming through two days later, right? Now at right. the same time, he's doing all these shorts, right? Where he's getting, he's he's basically using clips of the Orville TV show to just do shorts. And now. Isn't that also partially a problem because you're not commenting on it? You're just using clips from a show? Well, yeah, because if it's not transformative, then it's not really fair use, is it? Like right. when we make a Prime video, we use a lot of clips from like Star mm -hmm. Trek or Stargate or whatever. But we are telling an alternate story. We're reporting on something and we're using those clips as <clears throat> uh, illustrations or Perhaps we're sharing a theory and we're using those clips to prove our theory or whatever. That is transformative. Like that's well, that self-fair use works. It's an actual transformative thing. If you just take your clip and you bypass the tra the transformative fair use system by being, you know, underneath a certain amount of seconds so it can't see you, when an actual person sees it and it's manually reviewed, then you probably will probably won't pass mustard and you probably are gonna get screwed. Well, we should also point out that YouTube updated their terms of use policies recently mm -hmm. and and retroactively applied them to people's <laughs> channels, right. um, where That's basically, wild. like like if you followed YouTube's rules your entire you know YouTube career, and then one day all of a sudden, like you know, you found out that the rules have changed and they're now dinging you for stuff that was perfectly okay like two seconds ago. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's happening to a lot of channels right now because YouTube basically, like, did you know that if you use any other words than hell and damn in terms of curse words on your channel, you can actually like get, you know, demonetized completely because of, of for excessive swearing. So this, and, this, this stream like, just ruined us. That's what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> like, like I, I just watched, uh, I just watched the, um, this uh, um, red letter media video, <clears throat> which was their, their latest best of the worst. And they actually came out and, and, and said that like YouTube won't let us swear anymore. And so now they're beeping out all their <laughs> swear words. 
you know, and 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 the, and red letter media, oh like they're not one, they're not ones to typically. Uh, I know they're gonna have to hire like a whole team of people to do that then, because they curse well, a lot. <laughs> well, but they're not ones to typically kind of bend to like you know pressures like this. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, when their entire business is based around YouTube, they have to play by the rules. So uh, it, it, that was very telling to me that they they're very much aware of YouTube's change in policy. Yeah, and this is I'm where I feel sure like we use like five words we can't use this show ever again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, need, I, I, <laughs> I feel like be this is that. this is prime time for for a company like Spotify who now supports videos on their on their platform needs to kick it up a notch and and take it away from youtube when they're doing this nonsense stuff and Alex, how much are you getting paid by spotify yeah, I just what's your deal just spotify, saying bro. i love it, spotify does the salty really love spotify no no Here's alex deal, you, you have to use your nordic accent when you're talking oh, about you really love spotify it's like just really spotify? love spotify no spotify <laughs> well, just, doesn't have like it, it doesn't have a very good way yes they support video but it's off but it's mostly like mobile or app uh, mm -hmm. uh base it's not very friendly to like regular PC users or television or whatever. Um, it's definitely like maybe they could, maybe they could compete, but they're going to have to like create an actual portal that is remotely as friendly as YouTube or Rumble. Well, like, well, there... well did, did you hear about the new mobile interface that Spotify is testing? I they're, saw, they're, I saw something about they're that. They're basing it on uh, TikTok, where like basically you can swipe stuff Ugh. to discover discover new podcast or, yeah. or music or like whatever in the app. It's actually kind of interesting what they're yeah. what they're experimenting with over there. Why is everything a Tinder profile lately, dude? Like for the love of God, because it's got to appeal to the younger generation with Apparently, no attention. Bro. I'm swiping left on that shit, dude. Russell Hall Super <laughs> Chat, $2. You can get Seagal for a meatball sandwich, I think, on your guys' show. <laughs> yeah, but he's all the way in Russia, man. We don't want to go yeah. over there. Yeah, I'm not doing that. He's in Russia right now? Oh, he's, he's been in Russian. Russia. He's a Russian uh, native. Yeah, he he's renounced native, it. He, he, he's an ex expat. He renounces American citizenship. Did he really? He's Russian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, he's, he, he, dude, he's best friends with Putin. He's just I all kinds of crazy, yeah. isn't he? Here's the, here's the even if you got him though he wouldn't fit in their studio so <laughs> well he likes to sit down and talk you know so like as long as we can get him into a chair i think we'll be good <laughs> you know there's some news you guys have been waiting all year to hear did you know that it's coming chris rock is finally ready to talk about the will smith oscar slap <laughs> oh here's yeah, the problem I, I, I keep think his wife's name out your mouth we're a little late we're a little late on that now and watch out watch out shane will smith might smack you in the face well, I'm okay with that as long as he's on the show. Oh, speaking I mean, of that, I saw I saw that the Oscars were like, everyone, don't worry. We've outlawed smacking. Oh, that's good. There, there will be no smacking. There will be no violence. And I'm like, the whole time looking at this like big like press release, how they talked about like this year, that's not going to happen. I'm like, you better hope there's some violence and some smacking. Who, who's hosting the show? That was the best thing that ever happened to the Oscars. That might have been the one thing that brought you back into relevance was the fact that Will Smith momentarily lost his mind, realized he's a giant cuckold, and smacked one of his best friends in the face on stage. You better hope that happens again because without that, no one's watching. We need, no we need to take odds. Okay, Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. Uh, boo, oh, Jimmy God. Kimmel. But Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. If he doesn't come out in boxing headgear, when he gives the <laughs> opening monologue, he will be missing it, missing it. 
Anyways, this Chris Rock thing is happening. It's a live Netflix special taking place a week before the Oscars come out. He's going to come out and actually address the whole thing and talk about it. He's going to have, uh, I guess he's going to have uh, Seinfeld's going to be on it on the show. And uh, who else? Gotta, have on there? You got a hand to the guy, though. Like, he's like, look, everyone's asking him about it the whole time. And he's like, yo, hold up. I got to I got to negotiate this Netflix special first. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he made like 30 million to tell the story. Right. I listen, I, I listen to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast and he talks about because he knows Chris Rock and he talks about it. He's like, ever since that happened. He's like, Chris has been on fire on stage when he's up mm. doing stand-up com- comedy and stuff like that. He's like, I feel like the old Chris Rock is back. Oh, so I'm wondering. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool to hear that. I mean, that's what like, happens when you get bitch slapped. You got to get out there and <laughs> yeah. yourself up again. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was up. good for him. Maybe maybe it was like, maybe it was the way he needed. I don't know. Well, he was, he was trying to tap into the Hollywood market. And uh, I guess this was like a slap in the face that realized that these people are not, <laughs> these people are not normal. No, a literal a slap point. in the face. A I guess it's a female face. dog slapped. We can't actually say the B word anymore. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, dog. it's outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to get one of those beepers that Gary has, where he just presses a button and beeps what he's about to say. <laughs> I love we have that. one of those. We we got those on the roadcaster. Oh, uh, we need one of those. We do <laughs> sensor button. Yeah, but we do. Yeah, but for Should real though, like, no one watches the Oscars, so like the Oscars are only gonna be fun if something that we don't expect to happen happens because if you just watch the Oscars and get what you expect, it's boring. It's been boring for decades. No one wants to watch that. Well, especially now that the Oscars require like certain uh, like uh, affirmative action standards in order to be nominated. Do you have uh, uh, (laughs) at least 30% non-binary Asian American male facing uh, writers? You're like, I, I I don't know. I don't Listen, know. Let, hey, let me tell you, you, you're joking right now, but that is exactly what's happening. There are people out there, and I'm not going to give any 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 names away, but there are requirements to have a certain number of diverse members of your writing team on every single show out there right now. You have to show, you have to, before you get the job, you have to tell them who your diverse writers will be on that show, and it's requirement. And if you don't do it, if you don't want to do it, you will not get the job. You guys so. should get Cameron Pasha on here sometime and have him tell you some of the stories about the grifters mm. who uh, who have gotten hired onto these writing staffs by claiming like like that they're um, you know a, a minority who actually like yeah. you know was a was a soldier or something like that. His stories are hilarious, man. That's the way to do it. I mean, who wouldn't do that? But it also leads to the reason why we're getting the type of content we're getting, right? So, I mean, if you look at it like this, like what percent of the population is uh, is a minority or is LGBTQ, right? When you when you look at the numbers and that, you know, that so let's say you get a writing team that's half or three quarters uh, of that of the minority or the LGBTQ community. Right. They're writing content. And who wouldn't? I mean, I would write content that I know that I love and that I want to see. Um, and that's why we're getting that kind of stuff, because that's what our writing teams are made of. And. The reason why the studios are doing this is because the guys who are running the studios, they want to keep getting paid their millions and millions of dollars to be the CEOs of these studios. And they are they don't want to be attacked and be told that they're racist. So they're coming in and basically enforcing that these organizations, you guys would know them as like, um, you know, maybe the HR department or something like that. Right. They're going to come in and enforce these types of things. So that way nobody can point fingers and say, oh, no, no, no. 
Look at every, we have a very diverse group of people, but the problem is, is now it's so diverse. You've got, you know, 50 to 75% of your, of your team is now diverse, which now no longer reflects the majority or, or, you know, your audience population. So what right. do you guys well, think? now, now, unfortunately, uh, this stream is no longer eligible for rewards ever since Anna left. <sighs> so yeah, Anna left and now we can never get an award. Yeah. Yep. It's just a bunch of like four white guys. <laughs> Quick, Brian, talk about how queer you are. So we I'm can so get queer. Back. I'm non-binary, and I'm non-binary. We were I'm never getting any awards. To begin with. Can we get an award? Well, we, well, we we talked to um to a showrunner. I don't want to name drop him because I don't want to get him in trouble. But off the off the record, he did tell us he's like modern day writing rooms are horrendous. Like there's you have to you're walking on eggshells everywhere you go. I'm like yeah. man, that sucks. <laughs> I can only imagine, and it just it explains so many things. It's you know. Like we always say, nobody's going out to make bad content. They're not saying, let's go make a bad TV show. Nobody wants that. I mean, even Alex Kurtzman, who's who's out there in control of Star Trek, he's not trying to make bad Star Trek. He just doesn't know what good Star Trek he is. Doesn't know what he, doesn't know what, he doesn't know what good TV or movies are either. He's, he's, like, he's been yeah. notorious ever since uh, you, you know his days with Orsi as, as just being like a hack, pure hack. Oh, he, that, remember, that, remember you know, that show Limitless was actually really good. And then for a minute there, I was like, oh, well, maybe he does know how to make good TV. No, but was he was, so he was like the producer or whatever. But you look, it was, it, the person in charge of that was not him. He I'll was never just the executive producer. Go ahead. I'll never forgive him for dropping the ball on uh, Universal's Dark Universe with the whole monsters. They're bringing the monsters uh-huh. back with that. That I had that's so much potential oh, and for it to were, just fizzle out. Like, like how do you screw up a Tom Cruise movie? Honestly. <laughs> Like right? found a way. charge completely. Well, you you want here. This this is how this is how how um this is how insane uh Kurtzman is. Uh, he wanted to save money and watch this. I'm gonna show you guys something that's about to blow your mind. Maybe you already know this. All right, so this right here. You guys recognize this shot? Yeah, yep. That's the yep. dark universe, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You got the mummy, you got the wolf man, uh, invisible man, right. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, this is a studded cast. Right, is, a yeah. star-studded mm-hmm. cast. So they even, ahead of time, announce, they announce that all these movies are going to be, you know, they're, they're announcing their phase. They're doing, like, the Marvel mm-hmm. thing. Like we're gonna- Angelina Jolie was Bride of Frankenstein. Right, and they even got the, the, the main characters to come in and do their do their shots together. Well, no. And actually, they didn't, they didn't want to actually pay any of these people to come in at a certain time together. So they were all shot uh, separately in separate locations and then photoshopped into this announcement picture. Oh, no. This is an entirely photoshopped picture. It's well done. They want is, is that why is that why Russell Crowe's hand is just kind of floating in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> right. I, I don't even know if Russell Crowe knew he was being photographed. <laughs> The do you remember like, do you remember in the mummy photo they even they even cheaped out on that bro do you remember in the mummy where russell crowe called tom cruise young man <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> no i don't remember I, don't, I only watched that movie once tom that cruise was, is like two two years older than russell crowe <laughs> right? that was tom's direction you remember the mummy like tom run the he ran the mummy no he so like when it became clear that kurtzman was an idiot Tom tried to step in to right. sa- salvage the movie. Right, right. So 
He's like, this is not working out. I'm just going to take over this. Yeah, but look at this stars. Like, dude, the Dark Universe could have been so amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What an idea that was yeah. totally fumbled by Kurtzman and, and company. Yeah. Jeez. Um, that, that was that was pretty bad. I was really looking forward to this whole world. And I know The Mummy wasn't a perfect movie. It has a lot of flaws. But I was like, you know what? The first step might have been a little shaky, but maybe they can... They can uh, shape it up a little bit with with Johnny well, first, Depp or something. The first step was the group photo that they couldn't even get him in the same room for. That was the first step. They they ruined the first step. Oh, all right. Well, terrible. let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say. No, I'm good to go, buddy. Thanks for hanging out here with us on Raw Rant. Appreciate all you guys out there for sticking around and hanging out with us. Now this became the 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 salty uh, popcast show. <laughs> and everybody disappeared, which was great because we love having our, our our salty brothers. You know, we do. I, I got to say, guys, we really do uh, feel akin to you guys. And, and it's almost like we're all part of one family, which I'm excited to come spend some time with you guys next week. So it's going to be good. Can't wait. Anyways, what do you guys got coming up next? Let's see. Uh, we got a John Cusack movie that we reviewed that'll be coming out on Friday. And then our first ever recording is going to be tomorrow from the brand new studio. And if we don't have any issues at all, we will be going live tomorrow uh, from the new studio as well. So you guys can catch us live, um, probably aiming for 12 o'clock to maybe 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time uh, to go live from the new studio. So come and celebrate with us. We will probably be inebriated by then <laughs> hey well I'll, I'll just be stressed out <laughs> anything uh, from you mr matt uh no so like as alex said he's working on our better off dead review for next uh this coming friday um we just released uh our review of brahmastra we're trying to do more international films and this is basically the indian version of star wars hmm. uh east indian um and uh yeah we're you know we we took some time off to get the new studio set up and so we're excited to start actually recording from there and uh show everyone what we've been up to for the past month and or two months or whatever um it's been very stressful it's been very expensive but we're almost at the finish line and we're looking forward to uh hosting people who come into town and bring them into the studio and let them uh play with all of our new toys yeah so find me a place to sleep and i'll be there bro (laughs) hey can i ask you a question can i have actually a request you guys are doing um uh that the indian version of star wars can you do the russian version of avengers it's called guardians yeah we can do that yeah sure why not okay that movie is actually low-key amazing so (laughs) all right we'll check it out well, thank you guys for coming. Appreciate you. And make sure you get over to the Salty Nerd Podcast and, and uh, subscribe to them. And uh, we'll see you guys here on Thursday. Actually, we got a video coming out tomorrow morning, right? Yep, tomorrow morning. If you guys, if you guys are all curious about uh, when Jack Crusher may have been conceived, you'll want to watch that video because we break down all the goodies. Uh, and that'll be out. And then, of course, our review of Episode 3 will be out uh, bright and early Thursday morning. So if you guys want to catch that and uh, a lot more coming. So thank you. Otherwise, do you, do we'll you guys, r- r- real quick before you go, do you guys think that uh, Jack ever met Wesley? <laughs> uh, you know, they got, dead. <laughs> they got together. Uh, they did the after show, right? Uh, where Will Wheaton actually met him. You know, they talked in, you know, for reals. And uh, they did this whole like long lost brother thing. But um I think Jack would just beat the crap out of Will Wheaton, honestly. 
You know, yeah, like Jack has so much cooler than Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's not like it's not even a, if this one season, like whatever if, if whoever people are on the fence with Jack, just I can ruin it for you because I will just say next episode you will learn that it's likely that they never met. And you'll you'll find mm-hmm. out for sure. Something that Beverly says. <sighs> Shut up. Wesley. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for our live show. To also at two o'clock noon uh, this Thursday. Don't forget that for the Unleashed show. Shane, Randy Rock. That's it. We'll catch you guys later. Have a wonderful rest of your week.